I will remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list, all right? Uh, look around the site. We've got lots of things going on there, including if you go to the Strangeaholics tab, you will be able to find um, all the different links that you could go to to support us. Who knows what's going to get pulled down when by whom? No one knows, but that's the <laughs> place you can go. Uh, definitely sign up for the email list. Also on there... Uh, we've got stuff that you can uh, buy and help support us. We've got these cool patches here, as well as the 2020 was Hell in a Handbasket patch. Check that out. Um, that's all on there. If you get those, it helps support us, and we appreciate it. And Lola is sending out stickers. She'll throw a couple of these. Uh, this is the grenade logo, which at some point I'm going to put on a T-shirt here, uh, which you guys can find from Ballistic Inc., Big shout out to Franklin Armory. Thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's load our guests up in here and uh, get going. I think everyone's ready. I think we're feeding out to everyone fine. Smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell, all that kind of stuff. Let's see. Let's get this going. Welcome back to the Hank Boom! Situation. All right, here we go. Life Make sure you guys subscribe. Smash the thumbs ups. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And we are live uh, Lewis, I know you remember jazz hands. Come on, you gotta do the jazz hands. I'm gonna do the waterfall jazz hands. Let's see, there you go. Let's see what Lewis is doing. Hold on, hold on. Okay, uh, Rolando's doing, I don't know what Rolando, he's doing a little jazz hands. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't even wanna speculate on what kind of jazz hands that was uh, from Lewis Valdez of GOA. Okay, so listen. Let's kick this off here. This is episode 705 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on because tonight is the Florida State of the Second Amendment with our guest, Lois Valdez of GOA Florida. By the way, shout out to you, Lois. Uh, Lewis, excuse me, I don't even know I said. My, <laughs> my bad, my bad there. <laughs> Not trying to gender misrepresent you, bro. <laughs> But uh, congratulations to you on that, man. You are uh, – what's your official capacity over at GOA? I am the state director for Florida operations. So I okay. am the guy that uh, gets to go to the Capitol and get in the nitty-gritty and deal with the reprehensibles that represent us. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. And you're you're not far from, the, from that area anyway, so. Nope, not at That's all. That's good. You can go up there and uh, knock some coconut heads together, I guess. So I to try. speak. Figuratively. Try. Figuratively, figuratively. Figuratively, yes, exactly, exactly. Also joining us is Rolando, the Puerto Rican Pistolero in the house. How's it going, everybody? What's up, man? Not too much. Just uh, getting by like every other day. Oh, uh, I don't know. Is that, that doesn't sound too good. I mean, that's how it is these days. Just you, like, just, uh, you, just, you just wake up every day and you don't know what you're going to run into nowadays. So. Oh, okay. It's hard out here for, for a gun guy. Is that what you're trying to say? I, I for think patriot. for any, yeah, anybody that cares about freedom, you never know what to expect each day now when you wake up. Yeah, so. I know. I know, man. But, you know, I think the biggest part of this whole thing is, uh, you know, our ment our mental, you know. Mm -hmm. So we got it. We got to keep that going. Stay stay like on top of it at all times. Don't let them see us cry. If you got to cry, go into a little dark closet somewhere you know, put like some pillows over your head and have you know, have a good tear gusher. But don't let that don't let those dudes out there. Cause I I think that you know it's not the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. not. The end. No. So um, 
All right, so there's a whole bunch of things that we're going to get into tonight. One of the things I do want to remind everyone of uh, before it gets too crazy here, probably the rest of the week we're not going to do any podcasts. I'm leaving uh, sometime in the afternoon tomorrow to head over to Texas to do the Gundies. You guys saw the Gundies dudes who were here on the show. They invited me to come out there. I'll be going out there to see what's going on with that. Reporting from behind the scenes from the Gundies. Uh, I'm not up for any awards. Don't want to win any. I just want to see how it goes down over there. What kind of stuff happens. And uh, I'll, br I'll bring that back for you guys. Uh, let me see what else is going on here. Oh, Lola, by the way, is sharing a link. The Fort Scott Munitions uh, and Franklin Armory, guys, and us. We've, we've got a big giveaway going on for the new year. So you guys, uh, you can follow that link and you can go join that. And uh, we've got tons of prizes there. And I'll probably, I'll try to throw, throw that up on the screen at some time here during the conversation. And we'll get into it. Let me see, anything else? Oh, one other thing I want to get into. If you... Uh, if you uh, if you've got the uh, USCCA magazine, that young gentleman on there with his son is actually Michael Waller, who yep. was on the show. And there's a, there's an article about him there. I think it's page sixty six, where he's talking about how he actually um, had to defend his life and his son's life, for that matter, uh, which he spoke about here on the podcast. And I believe I have the episode uh, pulled up here that I could share with you guys. Let's see if I could find it. Um, trying to remember the episode number. Uh, five oh five, episode five oh five. So let me show you guys. If you if you want to, I would say go read the article, represent, show you know, um, check that out. But it was episode five oh five with Kevin Dixie and Michael Waller. Um, there, there's here's a little here's a little quiet snippet from that conversation with KD before he moved to Georgia. So. Um, I'm trying to remember where exactly did did Michael Waller live, Lola? Was he in Georgia also? I don't know. I thought he was in Illinois for some reason. Really? St. Louis. I, or oh, St. Louis, he, Missouri. Was he in okay. St. Louis? Okay. Missouri, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he had just gone to a class with uh, Kevin Dixie, and and after that he was going to see, um, you know, he was going to see his his girlfriend and and his son and stuff like that, and something went down and he had to basically save himself. Mm -hmm. I'm a bad guy out there. So good, good thing for you guys to check out. Um, you might also want to want to get involved in USCCA. We do have links for that. You know, um, if 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 you're going to live this life that we're living, you might come across things just as he did, and you might need some legal <laughs> representation. So, um, good thing to check that out. All right, so let's get into this. We've got Luis Valdez of GOA Florida here. We're going to do the state of Florida. Uh, where do we start? I mean, there's probably lots of different things going on here, Lewis. You want to fill us in? There's a lot of different things going on right now. Um, the session doesn't officially start, but committee meetings are already going on. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now you got 11 anti-gun bills being pushed through, wow. and they're trying to get them all through committee. Some have been assigned, some haven't. Mm -hmm. uh, but just to give you a quick recap of, of what they're pushing through, they're doing uh, your ever classic red flag law. You know they want to expand the scale and scope of who could file a a, uh, a claim against you, so they could go after your Second Amendment rights via mm -hmm. destroying your Fourth Amendment rights. Of course, they want to go after private sales and bring back uh, and push universal gun background checks. 
the other thing is they're doing an assault weapons ban again. You know, they always try one every session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're going after 80% receivers and 3D printing again. They got three separate bills pushing for mandatory storage so you can't have a firearm accessible in your house to defend yourself. Uh, they also want to institute a background check for ammunition sales. And the nice writer to that is they were so nice. They decided out a bill that said basically, oh, well, the background check information isn't available for Freedom of Information Act requests. Yeah, great. Thanks. Like that really helps. Right. <laughs> and of course, they, they have two bills trying to repeal state preemption. So like city of Miami or, mm. uh, Brevard, or Brevard County or whoever the hell, they could institute their own gun control crap. No, uh, which I think is against the Constitution of the state yeah, of Florida. I think, I think so. Last mm -hmm. I checked, you know, there might be some warden that says they can't do that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so many, many things there on the bad side for us to get into. Let me shout out uh, Antonia Okafor. I see her in the chat. She says, here to support my GOA fam. Thank shout you. Out to Antonia, yes. Um, and a little baby Okafor. Cover. <laughs> we got to remember little baby Okafor Cover. It's very cute. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, right. So where should we start with that? So first of all, oh, is it a majority Republican or a majority Democrat? Uh, right state now, Senate? it's 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 a it's a super majority Republican House and Senate. So on paper, mm -hmm. you would think we're in the clear that oh hey everything's great. The the mm -hmm. downside is the current Senate president. Uh, Wilton Simpson, he's the guy that actually authored the gun control bill that was pushed back in 2018 yep. after Parkland. Mm -hmm. And the current House Speaker, Chris Sprawls, he's your typical politician. Prior to 2018, you know, he was all rah, 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 I'm pro-Second Amendment, I'm pro-gun. And then in 2018, he was like, nope, I'm voting for this gun control bill. Mm -hmm. yep. So it, it, even though they have ours by their name, that doesn't mean much. Nope. Yeah, I think that's. Um, did you want to jump in here, Rolando? I think that's what we're always facing here, right? The, well, the, yeah, that is what we're always facing. That's pretty much what pushed my wife and I to get into mm -hmm. uh, Second Amendment advocacy in the first place. It was the reaction of what we saw the GOP do after Parkland, and it realized that there is no political advocacy uh, uh, for the Second Amendment. It has to come from the people itself and from other organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, so politicians are on either side or they're going to cave to special interest groups and things like that. So we have to apply pressure through other means in order to uh, to push them to vote against the, uh, you know, infringements. Yeah, that's why that's why GOA brought me on board and why mm -hmm. GOA is active here in Florida. You know, they're they don't compromise nope. unlike some other organizations. And one of the big issues right now with sprawls is he's term limited. So the big question is, what's he going to do? Remember, the census mm -hmm. was just done. They're going to redistrict uh, federal congressional seats. Since he's the Speaker of the House, he could literally put pressure to redistrict a congressional seat for himself in the Tampa Bay area that would benefit him. So the rumor mill right now is that he's looking to run for his own created seat next year for Congress. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, we need to make sure we don't let that happen. <laughs> well, right now what we need to do is we need to put pressure on him. Basic, we need to dangle the carrot and say, "Look, you're going to get you're going to get primary challenged on this. Your record's going to speak for itself. So either you need to support the pro-gun bills that are being pushed through." And right now there's three really important pro-gun bills. You have campus carry, uh, constitutional carry, 
and the repeal on gun and ammunition sales ban during declared state of emergencies. All three of those were introduced by uh, Representative Sabatini in the House. Mm-hmm. And uh, only um, – So that's good, that's good stuff on our side, right? Yeah, yeah, those yeah that's good stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those, are three, those are three good bills on our side. And right now, only campus carry has been assigned to committee, but it's mm-hmm. not been assigned to the agenda. Mm-hmm. And if it's not assigned to the agenda, then that means the committee doesn't vote on it and it doesn't uh, progress through the legislative process. Mm-hmm. The weird, so the weird thing here, even with a Republican supermajority that often likes to tell the folks of Florida that they believe in the Constitution and the Second Amendment, we have a higher chance of get to, getting anti-gun stuff, which we already got under a Republican supermajority, than we do of getting pro-gun or pro-constitution stuff passed. Pretty, pretty much. Mm-hmm. The 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 last decade has shown that they smother pro-gun legislation in the cradle. Mm-hmm. Back in 2011, you had open carry going through. Uh, then Senator Eileen Bogendorf completely gutted it uh, to where it's only accidental exposure. And in 2013, in 2012 or 2013, you then had the incident where a gentleman down in Fort Pierce, legal con- legal concealed carry permit holder, was walking, had an accidental exposure with his firearm. Fort Pierce police manhandled him at gunpoint to the ground and pinned him and arrest him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so you know, so much for Bogendorf's gutting of the bill, saying, "Oh no, it'll cover you if it's accidental exposure." Bull. That mm-hmm. didn't ha- that didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, often uh, this. You know, police officers don't often know exactly what the law is. I'm not saying that about no. all of them, but, you know. I mean, well, you know you, you know me. You know I've been in law enforcement for most of my adult life. So right. right. There, there are good cops, and just and sadly, it's a cross-section. So you have good mm-hmm. and bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just have the uninformed. Yeah. Yeah. And some guys who are overly aggressive in certain directions, which, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you think on the bad side, what has the highest chances or what do you think we should be focusing on the most? The assault weapons stuff that's going in there. I know well, uh, Guns and Gadgets had a video out on this not too long ago. In my honest opinion, of course, the assault weapons ban is one we need to go after. Uh, mm-hmm. The most dangerous one that I definitely see Simpson backing is the uh, red flag expansion law. Yeah. Because remember, he, he authored it. He authored the red flag laws that we have now, so mm-hmm. why wouldn't he back that? Mm-hmm. Uh, president, you know, out, the outgoing president Trump in 2018 backed red flag laws. Uh, Marco Rubio, our our uh, congrat, our uh, federal senator, he backs it. Rick Scott backed it. He signed it into law. Yep. So there's a lot of Republican support for red flag legislation. Um, the assault weapons ban, of course, we have to be due diligent on that. We, you know, we have to keep our vigilance on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the universal background check and the ending of private sales, same deal. You know, we gotta we gotta stay on top of those. Okay. But the red flag law, I think, is the most dangerous one that has a good chance of passing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Additional red flag nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's additional. Yeah. Hmm. What do you what do you think about this, Rolando? Um, well, obviously, like I said, this is pretty much what got us into this arena. Uh, these things, obviously, I hate hearing about them. Uh, but what he said is true. You know, especially in Florida, this has GOP backing. And unfortunately, this is kind of what we've gotten 
for, you know, not being harder on the GOP and essentially trusting them when their excuse is always like, well, the Democrats are just going to take your guns away. So if you don't vote for us, you're really going to get hosed. Mm -hmm. And then we end up giving piecemeal, piecemeal each time. Uh, and then they they become constitutionalists when the Democrats are in power. But when they're in power, they they only pay lip service to our rights. Um, so it's, it seems sometimes they the Democrats anti-gun agenda get, uh, gains more steam when Republicans are in power because they always capitulate. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No matter no matter what here, if if it's a Republican, but they've done um, anti-gun unconstitutional things, we shouldn't support them. There's, hey, whoever gets yeah. in there gets in there. You know, if it's going to be the if if it doesn't matter what party you're in, you know, you might as well show these guys in the Republican Party that there's going to be a price to pay if they don't do what they you know why do what we asked them to do when when they were elected and got in there. All right, I see a bunch of people want us to talk about stuff going on in D.C., okay? Uh, the title of this thing is Florida, the state of Florida thing, but I'll be happy to, to bounce into some of the D D.C. stuff, if you guys don't mind that for a second here. We could go to the yep. D.C. stuff nope, not at all. and come back. Um, let's Let me take a look at this and see uh, what's what... Uh, so uh, Armament and Axis says, are we going to talk about there's more troops in D.C. than Afghanistan and Iraq combined? And they were vetted to make sure they didn't support Trump. And let's see who else. Uh, Born to be a shooter says, how have he says, how have I guys maybe you meant to say to put you guys not talked about the troop ideologically vetted. And the one I think we need to worry about the online ban of the sales of everything firearms related. So, um, okay, so let's, first of all, uh, yeah, once Biden gets sworn in <laughs> tomorrow, at some point here, we're going to see lots of stuff coming out, I think. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's a given. Yeah, <laughs> the, we, we, we've got years to talk about that. And of course, we have to fight every single thing. But I mean, you know, that's definitely going to happen. Right. So we, we know that that's a thing that's going to happen. So far as the troops and them being uh, the uh, National Guard being vetted and all that kind of stuff before they're there. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's a stupid thing. It's a further reflection of how these guys are panicking about, uh, you know, a small, in my opinion, small group of people being able to get into the Capitol. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, this is they're just going to roll this and keep going. And I think it's more of a publicity thing that they're they're actually doing this, trying to vet these guys and do all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, mm -hmm. it just keeps it in the news and people's minds of they're looking out for, quote unquote, insurrection. If there was really any kind of insurrection in this country, we wouldn't even be having an inauguration right now. It would be too much chaos and violence in the streets and all that kind of stuff. What they basically had is something went down for a couple of hours at the Capitol and they got all crazy and panicked or whatever. But they're going to they're gonna push this and string it out as long as they possibly can. What do you guys think? The You know, what's interesting about the 25,000 troops is the FBI supposedly has done a background check on all these guys in a record amount of time. But it takes ATF six months to a year to process a Form 4. Mm -hmm. Like, like seriously? So Yeah. 
But what makes you, but what makes them think, like what kind of vetting or whatever are they doing here? And what are they doing if they find someone who they think um, is not trustworthy? What are they doing with that? I heard on the news that two guys got removed. So removed far. from what? They got kicked out of the guard or they just can't show up at this thing? They, they reassigned them. Yeah, they reassigned them or moved them off the line, I guess, to uh, maybe other parts of D.C. where they're not going to be near the Capitol or just send them home. Now. Yeah, if they don't trust them, then, you know, there's a bigger problem going on here, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and even those people should think about that. If they're not trusted because of their opinions as citizens and human beings, then what what are they even doing in the guard? Well, if, if you want to know more specifics, this is from Jack Posobiec. He's a journalist for OAN. Mm-hmm. And and this is on his Twitter feed. If you, uh, I can put the link in in the chat too. If mm-hmm. people want to see this themselves, mm-hmm. um, so you know, vet vet all your sources. But saying according to a White House source that some of the things that they're looking for are NRA, Turning Point USA, Patriot Guard riders are three of the many non-militia groups on the list that the CID and FBI are using to cross-reference and vetting for potential quote-unquote extremists. Uh, uh, YAF, I think that's Young Americans for Freedom, is also on the list. They're lurking at various Turning Point USA chapters in almost every university and high school where there is one. For example, high school members who are in the Future Soldier Program, which is the Army's version of delayed entry, and college-age soldiers that are obviously already in, in service. Investigators are also looking for the following in pictures. MAGA slash CAG apparel, Gadsden flag, Confederate flag, NRA gear, Q stuff. Uh, soldiers, Facebooks, Twitters, IGs, TikToks, and Snapchats are also being checked. Units from deep red states such as Texas are being thoroughly examined. Uh, left-wing anarchist groups are also listed but not a type priority. In fact, zero have been investigated as of this evening. Leaders in both the Army and FBI have directed to focus attention on groups with quote-unquote strong conservative sentiments. NCIS, AFOSI, CGIS also expected to receive that directive from senior DOD officials in the coming days. This goes way beyond the inauguration. It won't magically stop after tomorrow, end quote. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's reporting. Uh, I also heard it may have also been from him that the reason that the guard, you see them in many photos, are not equipped with magazines loaded in their guns is because they do fear they essentially fear insurrection so much that they don't trust the National Guard to be armed. So this, that then what's the you, point? Yeah, it's a show of force, I think. I, uh, to be honest, I think. A show what of happened, what kind of force? I mean, if they're, I, I if they're not, I, I if, just, if they're not. Yeah, there's a couple of things here. If, if, yeah. if they're not locked and loaded to be able to do anything. And these guys are actually really afraid of an insurrection, which they obviously are not. Right. Yeah. What would would some people with no magazines be able to do to, a, 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 I don't know, a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand guys who wanted to do something to them? Nothing. They wouldn't be able to do anything. They'll be overrun. Right. It would be a complete waste of time. On top of that, they're taking the young patriots that are out there and everything that makes them that, their affiliations, they're going through that and using that to exclude them from this. Um, that's that's definitely a witch hunt. You know, it's the reverse. Like, remember when they were looking for communists and it, when if they found something that said, oh, you might be a communist, people, you know, people were punished for that. And lots of people on the left complain about that thing. Now they're punishing someone for being a patriot. That's what's that's what's actually happening. And if I was in the guard and if I was these people in the guard that they're doing it to, I'd be like, you know what, then I'm done. 
What's the point of me being here if you don't trust me? Mm -hmm. Right? That's what people um, have to think about this thing. But it's a big, massive joke if they can't if they can't actually do anything, unless they're just human shields or something. Well, it's it's a big false dichotomy. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people that enlist in the Guard and the Reserves and active duty that they're patriotic, hardcore Americans. You know, they believe in the Constitution. They believe in liberty and they believe in freedom. And for them to be judged and categorized as unreliable because they literally believe in the oath they took to uphold is horrible. It's mm-hmm. It's yep. it's just wrong. I mean, I took that oath when I was 18 years old. I took that oath when I became a cop. I still uphold that oath. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's it's not right for that. Mm-hmm. The 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 biggest thing that I see with it all is, as Hank said, it's just you know, it, it's an elephant walk. It's them saying, hey, look what we could do. Look at the forces we could muster. Mm-hmm. But also, it's intimidation. It's intimidation of anyone that's serving in the armed forces or anywhere now because if they could do this here, they'll do it throughout everything else, right? Now there's a loyalty test. If you don't have loyalty to the regime, you can't can't serve in this capacity. That's basically what's happening. And those Mm -hmm. guys can't see that. We could see that. And 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 these young folks that are doing that can actually see it as well. And as usual, I think folks on the left are just shooting themselves in the foot all the time as they do, you know, and creating the dissent themselves that they want to complain about. And what happens when they flip this? What happens when, you know, the president goes back the other way again? Oh, now you don't care? Mm -hmm. Or what happens when a a, a president's coming in from the right? I don't know if that'll ever happen again. But what what happens if that comes in and then those people go, yeah, we don't want any lefties over here doing, like, what, what are we actually doing in America? You know, are we some little kids or something like that? I don't think folks in America care this much. I don't think anyone, I'm not going to be looking at it or giving a damn about it. And I think most of America isn't. And this is like a big, massive cry for everyone to look at them and say, oh, poor us. These guys are trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to take the country away from us or whatever nonsense, whatever narrative it is that they're trying to push. It's just ridiculous to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me get this from Flying Rich real quick. He gave us uh, five bucks here. He says there's more guns and ammo in D.C. than in the Hacienda. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe right now. Yeah. Um, Atomic Bull says Biden flexing his muscles. Um, Armin and Axis says martial law in D.C. I I say let these guys do all the craziness that they want to do. All they're going to do is keep pushing people further and further away from them. You know, they didn't see anything as an insurrection when people were burning down cities across America, when neighborhoods and cities were burning and people's businesses were were being burned down to the ground and people were being intimidated um, and all that kind of stuff, strong armed. Um, into paying protection and all that kind of stuff when there were when there were police departments getting taken over, right? Nobody thought there was anything wrong with that. Yep. Yep. Well, so. and, and look, here's another incident that people don't seem to remember. In 1983, on November 7th, the uh, the new communist movement set up a bomb in the Senate, and it went off, and it was in protest of the U.S. invasion of Grenada. Does anybody ever talk about that? Doesn't that seem a lot more dangerous that a bomb actually went off in the Senate and it was 
set off by communists and it they were actually successful compared to what happened last week. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to do whataboutism or things like this, but we need to take into context what the media is trying to do to inflame people and trying to exaggerate events beyond what they are. You know, they're taking obviously what turned into being a mob, a disorganized mob. Some people were there that wanted to do bad stuff. Other people were there pumped up because they were pissed off about obviously how the election turned out and how things have been the last four years. But to say that it was an insurrection, when we actually have historical examples, positive and negative in this country of actual insurrection or actual, you know, government imposed violence or citizen violence on one another um, is absurd. And they trivialize history. Uh, they trivialize the events that are going on. And they, you know, uh, they basically now you can see how they've used it to push uh, a media agenda. They're using it to obviously they're going to use it to push against the Second Amendment. And they're disrespecting even our members in uniform. So that's really the damage that's being caused by this and, and not having any reference to, to the past either. Mm-hmm. All they're yep. doing is pushing people further and further away. They have it's no, gaslighting. Yeah, they have gaslighting. no right to comfort. They ha- there's, there's no politician anywhere in America, including in D.C., that could say the people can't get mad. It doesn't matter what side the people are on. It doesn't matter. They can get mad. They can come down there and protest you. Okay? They can, they can even get a, you know, a little rowdy. <laughs> when, they, when these guys are burning down cities, they call it mostly peaceful. So I'm going to say that was mostly peaceful. <laughs> okay? So regardless, I, I'm not saying I agree with everything that happened out there or everyone who was out there. I don't even know. I don't even know who everyone was out there. At the end of the day, though, the people in America have the right to go down there and make them feel uncomfortable. And for them to take this and flip it and push it in this direction and think that people can't see it, it's too bad for them. You know, I, I think... To me, anyone that has a, a brain in, uh, in, in, their, in their skull cap here is just going to start realizing how full of it these people are and start ignoring them. You know, um, American Freedom Outdoors says they will eat their own, but I recommend people get out of all the major cities. Um, and Andrew Slagle says in 30 days, the Democratic Party will start an all-out attack on the second. Just wait uh, to get started. Well, listen, this... This has always been go. There's always been an all-out attack. Mm-hmm. Biden historically had his hand uh, with the first uh, Clinton era assault weapons ban, so you know he's going to try to push it again. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This has always been going on. It never stopped. Like I, I don't. It, it, it's been going on the last four years. <laughs> it it never ended. Historically, there's since before the ink was dry on the Constitution. They were already assaulting the Second Amendment one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely true. Um, I, I just don't know where people are at. I mean, I think that if you haven't seen the last four years, there's nothing that happened to really shore up the Second Amendment in America. You didn't see that from the Supreme Court. You didn't see that from Trump. You didn't see that from Republicans. You didn't well, see that in states around the country. It's it's the redheaded stepchild of all the other rights because anytime you hear about the Second Amendment, they usually try to market it in a negative connotation. Whereas any of the other amendments are either, well, those are archaic things like, uh, you know, quartering soldiers in your house. Like, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. So those are things that, you know, people never talk about. The First Amendment is taken for granted. 
uh, in a lot of cases. But anytime that you see, you know, I guess the abuse of the Second Amendment, you know, people using guns for crimes or, you know, murdering people, they they take those few examples and they sensationalize them in ways that, you know, you can't do with anything else. And, and it's and they've been so successful at it. And pro Second Amendment, supposedly, uh, politicians are so cowardly to try to use positive examples of the Second Amendment, of which they're much more in abundance. They're just not publicized that they don't even touch it. They're like, I, I don't even I don't, I don't even want to defend it because they're going to call me like a child killer or something like that. So I can't even go there. And they freeze in their cowardice. And that's where we need to change that mentality and, and you know, give choose politicians that have courage, but also encourage them and let them know like, Hey, we got your back. We know they're going to come after you and they're going to call you these things, but we got you or they're with you. They're going to call us the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to take that effort too. So you have to be apply pressure to your politicians, but treat them like human beings and let them know when they're doing the right thing. Like, Hey, we've got you because you're doing the right thing and we'll vote for you. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, going back, as you said, how politicians view the second amendment, I guarantee you none of them know the Battle of Athens, Tennessee back in 1946. Oh, none no. Of them, none of them have a clue. No. And, you know, you want to talk about something historically speaking. You're talking about returning veterans from World War II came back home and they were tired of a corrupt sheriff that, that literally abused and beat people on the streets. Mm -hmm. And what they do, they rose up in anger, they raided the armory, they grabbed M1 Garands, and they made sure that a fair election was held and that that corrupt sheriff was thrown out. And what started it all was the sheriff literally beaten on a black voter. Mm -hmm. You think that's taught today? No, of course not. The, the Second Amendment is one of the most crucial amendments in our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, because it gives everything else teeth. It allows us to speak freely. It allows yeah. us to vote. It allows us to be secure in our homes and in our persons. It allows us to travel. You know, it's it's ludicrous that you have elected officials that think of the Second Amendment either in a sporting manner or oh, well, it's just there so you can keep yourself safe from a burglar breaking into your house. Nothing more, nothing less. That's, that was never the intention of the no. Founding Fathers. That was one of the intentions, but it wasn't the sole intention of it. Yeah. Well, they don't want them to – they don't want everyone to think about that because of what it implies, right? It implies that they are not royalty, mm -hmm. that they can't uh, rule without impunity, right? That at some point – there's this likelihood that you're going to push people too far and then they're going to go, you know what? Yeah, I had enough. You well, came across that line now. Yeah, I think we just live in a world where we try to sugarcoat everything and act like, well, we, we've got to be nice about things or we have to be civilized. And you have to realize that other people have gotten intelligent enough to take uh, to take advantage of of that mentality. Because they know, well, if everybody's going to act honorable and civilized and I can just get away with anything without reprisal, that's what they're going to do. So you have to let people know the Second Amendment is to stand up against a tyrannical government. And and you and you have to ask people the rhetorical question. It's not that you're asking for trouble. You just have to ask the obvious question. OK, what if I have a politician that they pass uh, a legislature and, poli and president that they pass unconstitutional laws? And the Supreme Court says you can't do that. And they basically say we're not going to respect the Supreme Court. I mean, we saw something similar in Michigan. I think Whitmer basically said, I don't care that uh, the Michigan Supreme Court said I don't have the executive authority to, with these lockdowns. I'm going to keep doing it. 
So you would reach a point like that where he brought up the Battle of, of uh, Athens, where all your checks and balances in a civilized society that are supposed to work to keep politicians in check fail. And you have to ask people the rhetorical question, well, if all your checks and balances fail, either because of corruption or because people are too weak to enforce them, then what are you supposed to do? And most people, and a lot of people, unfortunately, are like, well, you just, you, you, you just, I, I, I don't know. And they just kind of walk away. And you're like, well, that's what the Second Amendment is for, because when everything else fails, you pretty much have to have force because every other process has already failed. So your system is already, it's already broken if you get to that point where they don't respect their own laws. That's what guns are for. That's yeah, what it, guns are for. The Second Amendment is a device that makes it a little bit more difficult for them to take those uh, uh, tools of freedom away from you and therefore pacify you in that manner, right? But ultimately, this is why we all have the the right and the ability to stand up and fight back for ourselves. Because we'll come to that point. I think the, the Supreme Court is ignoring things. So we're not even in a situation where it's like, hey, the Supreme Court is saying, no, this is not right. They're just ignoring a lot of this. Go ahead, Lewis. You know, you mentioned um, passiveness and how government oppression goes. My family went through that. We fled Cuba in 61. Yep. Mm-hmm. In 59, the Batista regime he wasn't in any way respectful of the Cuban constitution then, mm-hmm. but Fidel Castro was even worse. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about a disarmed people, look at look at Cuba, 90 miles off the shore, shores of Florida. It's ridiculous. You have people literally crossing shark-infested waters mm-hmm. on trash bundled together with bailing wire for the hope that they might not die of starvation or be snatched up by the GDI, the secret police in Cuba, for saying something ill will against the government. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in an unarmed society. An mm-hmm. armed society is a free society. When you have people that are armed and the government has to take a step back and go, wait a minute, we don't want to piss off this hornet's nest. We don't want to kick it over. That that means you're free. It allows people to have civil discussion. Mm-hmm. The biggest way to keep peace and civility within society is the old saying, you know, you don't know if someone's armed. Be polite. Be respectful because they might have that little pocket 25 browning in, in their vest. Mm-hmm. It, it goes to that. An armed society is a polite society. When the other guy could throw down as much as you can, you're going to try to be civil. Yeah. And that was one of the intentions of the Second Amendment. It was mm-hmm. to keep balance between the people and government. Because the yeah. founders knew tyranny, no matter where it is, always brings up its ugly head. Yeah. And one of the things here is that these guys feel like the seat of power is in D.C. It's not. That's that's the way I see it. The seat of power is not really in D.C. It's it's not even in the guns. It's not in the Constitution. It's like inside of the people, right? It's like either you are mentally enslaved in your mind and you can't see any of this and you or you don't care about what's happening or you're someone who's seeing it and you're thinking about it. And and the first thing is, who cares about DC? It's where you live, it's at home. It's that place where you're like, hey, don't even come over here. We're not gonna cooperate with that. That's really where it is. This is all a symbol though. They're just using what happened in DC and what's going on now as a symbol to start uh, like the brainwashing of, or further brainwashing. I think they've been brainwashing people in America since the beginning but you know to further brainwash people into thinking oh i gotta be good 
I don't want to be like this. I don't want to say this. And they're doing this when, when you've got people in the guard, you know, who are, who are called out there and doing their duty. And they're like, yeah, we don't even want you here. This is how they start vetting and making sure that it's just their people. So when folks out there have that idea, like what, what happens when they actually start trying to go for the guns? Are they only going to make sure that these are people who believe what they believe, that they should go out there and take guns from citizens by force, right? Is that what they're looking for? Are they, are they only trying to build up brown shirts? This is the question that you have to ask yourself, and they are doing it, and people can see that. The people but out there, I believe, can see it. I, I think a lot of people can, but so many people are welcoming it, Hank. That's the scary part. That it's one thing to see the media, but and obviously, look, social media is not a reflection of the real world. But unfortunately, social media is influencing the real world much more than it should. Mm -hmm. So even though you see a lot of people say crazy conspiratorial things, when you see a lot of people that are seemingly normal in mass say, this is fantastic. I love seeing the military there. We have to vet them. We have to get rid of traitors and people that were at the insurrection. You see that they're buying into the media narrative. But why do we already. think it's a lot of people who are doing that? The media is telling us all the only people I'm seeing doing that is the billionaires. Well, well, no, the, the famous people that well, there are a couple of crazy people out there in the world. The media is putting up. But most people are looking at this like, oh, shit, what are they doing? Well, the, but the issue is, that, like I said, the the world of social media is having an uh, an un a, a disproportionate impact on the real world. So to disregard what people say on social media now, I think is a mistake because we've already proven the fact that Trump was deplatformed shows that everybody feels that so that that tells you it's like bitcoin anything else when people throw their weight behind their belief that something has an impact then it does perception is reality so social media has an impact on our policies as we're going forward that we can see so to disregard even some of the crazies what they say or seeing normal people say yeah i want the military to do this uh, i want them to i want them to root out traitors and do all these stuff we need to get rid of uh, people that believe in those things. Uh, no, I understand. Well, I understand what you're saying. Because they're having influence. Because the politicians are basing their their policy on what people are saying online. I understand what you're saying. There's there is a, a large set of people out there in America who are okay with that. But I'm saying to you that most people, not just people like us, most people out there are seeing this and they're thinking about it, even if they're they're not like getting in front of a news camera and reacting to it. A lot of those same people who are calling for this, the people who think it's okay, like Tim Cook of Apple, you know, uh, these dudes at Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Don't worry. It's, it's just it's, a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before all of that gets flipped on them. What it is, it's digital Kristallnacht. It's the digital version of broken glass. Yeah. They're going around and they're smashing anything and everything that they politically oppose right now. Right now, it's anything that involves constitutionalism, conservatism, the Second Amendment. Look at how GoDaddy tried to deplatform AR15.com. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, I think uh, Guns.com had a denial of service attack done on them uh, a week ago. Uh, you had Parler uh, taken down. You have numerous platforms being attacked. Uh, plenty of people that I know that are pro Second Amendment, pro constitutional, they're being silenced on Facebook right now. Their Facebook accounts are being 
uh, locked until the 23rd. Why? Because they had a history of political speech and their political speech was against the Democrats or against Biden or against gun control or even against big tech. It's you know it's what, though, terrifying. The, the thing I think, yes, it's terrifying. It's terrible. What I'm saying to you is it's necessary that it has to happen. I don't feel it's a good thing. I'm not happy that it's happening. It's necessary that it has to happen. We either we either figure out how to survive, we either go into survival mode, or we die. It doesn't mean that we die. We either become mindless slaves to what these guys are going to do, and most people will be that. Most people will be that. Or we figure out how to survive. This is where it comes down to like human nature. Do you go into survival mode? So someone's telling you, hey, if you keep uh, doing this thing, you're, you know, you're going to make yourself really sick, you're going to die. And you ignore it. Then now when you start fainting and there's all kinds of weird stuff happening to you, right? And you have to go to the hospital, you're in a lot of pain. Now you're like, oh, wait, wait a second. If, this might ha- if something you, might happen to me. You know, speaking of survival mode, what a lot of people don't realize is Ben Franklin said it best. Some will trade liberty for perceived yep. safety. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. Some people will look at the big hand of government and see it as a coddling, warm embrace and say, I'm safer here than I am out in the wilderness trying to do it on my own. Yeah, and absolutely. It, you, you have an independent streak in certain individuals and those that love liberty. And then you have those that just want the warm, loving embrace of a parent. And, and those are all the sheep. And the sheep are standing up and letting everyone know that they're sheep. And, and I'm telling you, man, um, it's – I, I don't know how to say this any other way. It does. It's not a cool thing. It's not a good thing. But this needs to happen. People need to start figuring out stuff. John Crump says, unfortunately, there's some uh, gun rights, quote-unquote, advocates um, that like what's going on. For sure. I'm sure there's lots of people like that. Would doubt it. Yeah, but yep. what but what we need to do is what we should have been doing all this time, and we never did. We need to start figuring out how to survive around whatever these guys want to do. We need to start figuring out like a, a actual real insurgency where we figure out how to communicate with each other, how to buy and sell each other stuff, how to f- be able to function without these things and without these people, even though we may function still on these things. Because if you notice something, they're not shutting off Facebook. Of they're not, not. shutting off Twitter. No. So that's why, that. Why would? Yeah. So they're not shutting that off. They're shutting off certain places. But what does that mean? It's just like when you try to have a alcohol prohibition in America. Did bars go away? <laughs> if you want, a, if you want a great example on that, look in the Northeast, um, Connecticut, when they passed their latest stuff after their school shooting up there back in 2013. What was the compliance rate? I think it was under 10 percent. Uh, when the bump stock ban happened nationally, what was it? I think, what, 10 people turned in their bump stock mm-hmm. bans to ATF? How many were sold? A couple of million? Um, it, it's, you know, the biggest thing that's going to slap Washington, D.C. in the face and anyone else across at the state capitals is Irish democracy. The federal the government is going to pass a law, and most people are just going to be there and go, yeah, yeah, that's nice. To paraphrase the Soviet joke, you pretend to pass laws, we'll pretend to follow them. It's just going to drive it underground. People are still going to possess their firearms. They're going to possess mm-hmm. their mags. They're going to possess whatever banned literature or movies or thoughts that they have. Yeah. 
but we're not gonna we're not gonna stop. No one's gonna stop in America. People are still gonna no. People yep. are still gonna do what they have to do. And when these guys start pushing the the, the Green New Deal and all this BS, all you're gonna see in America is the people who have money are gonna stop investing it. All right, they're gonna start pulling back. Everyone out there is gonna start pulling back. Some of us do it sooner than others. Some of us see things earlier than others. Uh, the biggest part of this depends on who you are and what you pay attention to. If we're gun guys and we pay attention to what's going on in the gun world, we see things that your average or casual gun person out there may not realize until a year from now. The Second Amendment is the canary in the coal mine, yep. in my opinion, when it comes to constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. If there's an assault on the Second Amendment, you know they're going to go after the first and the fourth and the fifth for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is something that Joe and I have been emphasizing more and more on our show. Of It's not just now enough to be uh, you know, only Second Amendment advocates. You have to be an advocate for the Constitution and freedom in general because they're going after everything. And at this point, you're starting to see other people are waking up because now maybe they weren't against the Second Amendment, but they weren't enthusiasts or they didn't really care. It was one of those things. Well, I don't own a gun, but I'm not opposed to your rights. But I'm not also going to I'm not going to advocate for you because I'm not affected, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And now that their rights are starting to be infringed, you know, they're seeing the social media crackdown on free speech. They're like, wait a second. This is a big deal. And now we need to start cultivating those alliances with people that would. Maybe not necessarily be gun people, but, you know, people that might be more on the freedom oriented. Maybe they're more political activists when it comes to constitutionalism, uh, you know, uh, people that are more on, on that kind of side of the aisle that are commentators in, in that realm and ally with them and push for a wholesale uh, protection of our rights. Mm -hmm. uh, with the Second Amendment, there, kind of as the as the rallying cry, because ultimately it's the it's the safety valve, you know, when everything else fails. Yeah, it, it, it sure is. You know, mm -hmm. as they say, you have the four boxes of democracy. Yep. You have the soap box, the ballot box, the jury box and the cartridge box. <laughs> I hope and, yeah. I hope and pray that we never have to reach the cartridge box. That's mm -hmm. you know, that's that's my honest hope as an American. I hope that we could resolve these things peacefully in a peaceful manner. Mm -hmm. because the founders put that there for a reason. The, yeah. the Constitution is a beautifully written document for a reason. Go the other way, so, uh, Rolando. Sorry. Which way? This yeah, way? Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah. Just, okay. try, yeah. just trying to get you, you know. Because I knew you'd do the, the triple, so. Yeah, when I go triple, I mean, the people want to see the good-looking guy. They don't want to <laughs> see, you know, me. Um, well, I'm the, ugly, I'm the ugly chud out of the group, so. Not well, you know. If we if we had to vote someone off the island, it would be Rolando. We we'll vote him off the island. <laughs> uh, Rolando would probably be happy going back to the island. Yeah, I'm getting telling some, you. Getting some, getting some mofongo. Yep. You know, oh, boy. I mean, okay, now, now we're talking about food. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad yeah. idea. Listen, I think that people just need to get ready. And when I say get ready, I'm not just talking about gun stuff or whatever. Go into survival mode. Just be ready. Be ready like what happens if you lose your job, your income. One of the first people in the family or both of them, right? Because that's that's the, the highest likelihood thing to happen. I'm not saying don't pay attention to gun stuff. I'm a gun guy. I put a lot of my energy, time, and focus in my life on guns, on the Second Amendment, on what's going on in the firearms industry, etc. But you have to live as a human being. You have to be whole. And be ready for stuff, right? 
be prepared for what these guys are going to do so that you survive it. That's the number one thing. When a disaster hits, did you survive? Are you ready? Are you are you still able to feed yourself, your family? Can you can you live without this thing? Can you improvise and do things or whatever? Can you fight? Can you defend yourself? Right? How's your neighborhood? How are the people around you? You know, these are the really, really important things. The rest of what these guys want to do to wreck stuff is all good. It's going to happen. And a lot of the people cheering them on are going to suffer. I can give you guys an example right now. Just look at California. Okay, California attempted exactly where uh, Biden is trying to take right now the entirety of America. And if you go to California, you'll find lots of people out there cannot afford to live there. If you look at where all of this stuff is coming from with the platforms banning people and all that, in Silicon Valley, the people who work there cannot afford to live there. U-Haul trailers will speak it. You Mm -hmm. could rent a U-Haul trailer going from Vegas to L.A., for dirt cheap taking a u-haul trailer from la to vegas is a couple of grand and that says something why because there's a demand for trailers in la for everyone to get the hell out of la yeah Yeah. look at all the people they can't afford apartments a studio apartment is a couple thousand dollars right people are living out of their cars out of old rvs you know there's people living on the streets living in tents right this is yeah yep this is why now i think the adage of People need to start voting for the, with their feet. And a lot of people don't like to talk about that because they think it's a defeatist attitude. Like, well, you're telling me to abandon my state and stop fighting there. But you have to realize that what essentially we're in is either a cold civil war or it's a cultural civil war. It, it, they might be the same thing. My family and, voted with their feet. They moved out of Cuba. Yeah. And, <laughs> they, and they sometimes as political refugees. Yeah, sometimes that's what you have to do, because in a war. If you start thinking about it more in terms of that way, and people are going to be like, oh, my God, that's inflammatory. But no, think about the metaphor for a second. You don't you don't push an attack that you know you're going to lose because then you may lose the entire war. So there are some battles where you have to concede and you have to retreat. And I think we know that certain states, they're lost. And and part of the reason their loss is institutional. California's primary system makes it almost impossible for the GOP to ever compete there again. There is nothing that you can do unless Republicans decide to vote with their feet in the opposite direction. We say millions of us are going to move to California so we can overwhelm their system. It's not going to happen. So we Mm -hmm. almost need to start deciding amongst ourselves. That's what's happening to to us with immigration. Yeah, we. Uh, have I mean, I, I'm an immigrant, in. so uh, yeah. I mean, I, but that's exactly what's happening with immigration yeah. to the entire country. We, it's the we easy have way to, to do that. Going, yeah, we have to start going to areas that people are more like-minded. People are going to say, "Well, you have an echo chamber." Well, let's be honest. I do, I want to live around people who are pro Second Amendment, not people who are communists. I'm sorry, I don't want to listen to their ideas. It doesn't mean that they don't have the right to do it, but that doesn't mean that I have to be their neighbors. Well, it's just safer for you. It's my safe. rights, yeah. It's safer for you. And it helps you. everybody. Yeah. So, you know. so that's, I think, what people need to start doing. You need to reinforce the freedom-minded states and enforce their votes there and concede the blue states to a certain extent because that's what's going to happen. There's nothing we can do about that. I'm, I'm against the idea of conceding any states. You, you have demographic shifts, you have cultural shifts in states, you have population migration. That has been the history of this country. I mean, if, if you want to go back, historically speaking, you had the, the great migration of black Americans fleeing Jim Crow of the South, and they moved north. Why? Because at the time, north the north was more free. 
It was more economically viable for them. It was culturally viable for them. And they settled and they grew and they became part of that community. Now, with states like California, politically right now, California is a cluster. But that doesn't mean that you have honest, good people in California that aren't fighting. Mm -hmm. The biggest issues right now is you have some um, judicial or not judicial. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, judicial. You have some judicial cases like Reynolds v. Sims, where it used to be in California that the state Senate was set up not in terms of population, but it was set up geographically. So you didn't have there. The Supreme Court ruled that in Reynolds v. Sim that a county or a state legislative body must be completely proportionate towards population. So one man, one vote. And the idea was that you had states like California and Florida, and Florida was called the pork chop gang, where the rural counties had control over the Senate because they wrote the rules that saying, hey, look, you know, all these rural counties get more votes than the urban counties do for Senate representation. And that was to balance out mob mentality. That was the entire purpose between the House and the Senate originally when the country was founded. The House has always had a larger population specifically so the people have a say. The Senate was always two states get two senators. Each state gets two senators no matter what, ifs, ands, or buts. Mm -hmm. Why? So there was a proportional representation between the mob and mm -hmm. the interests of the states. And you've had that flipped. So there should be some judicial activism to maybe go after Reynolds v. Sims because that could help balance out the issue in California. Because if you look at a California map, it's only the urban areas that are democratically blue. The rest is a, a sea of red. It's mm -hmm. just – it's mostly – That's how it is in a lot of places. Yeah, mm -hmm. Andrew Slagle just said that's how it is. Uh, you know, I live in upstate New York. It's all farms, only the shitty city. His Dems, you know. Um, so, you know, if you look at the the some of the brain trusts, like the folks at the Cato Institute, you know, they're constitutionalists. Mm -hmm. They could tackle something like this. They they might be able to tackle something like this. So there's more than one way to fight this battle. Yeah, you know. On a personal level, is moving beneficial for someone? Of course. You know, hey, again, mm -hmm. that's why my family fled Cuba. Mm -hmm. But before we fled Cuba, I also had family that took part in the Bay of Pigs trying to correct the issue. Mm -hmm. they, only, they only fled Cuba when they realized, okay, it, there was no other option. And I think right now we still have multiple options on the table to help right this ship. We're listing. We're not sinking. I think the issue that you have, though, is, again – if every state had similar systems, I would almost agree with you, but because you've allowed an entrenchment where the systems have been manipulated, and you can even say that the Constitution itself has been used against it because, yeah, of course, we did used to have two senators, but the state legislatures also chose the senators, which I think was, was intelligent at the time uh, because you gave the state its own incentive to – now we have to look out for the interests of the state itself. The of mob course. has its own interests, but now the state has its own incentive. So you don't end up with states that may be red, but then they have two liberal senators that they send to Washington state, which then it's like, well, your people voted to run your state a certain way, but now you're getting federal representation that contradicts that. So I think there are greater issues at play, and we've almost set up the system to such a point where it, it, it's it, – they. It's taken hundreds, uh, almost hundreds of years to bring the system to where it is. I don't think that you can unravel it with, with 
anything less than decades without oh, radical it's, change. It's not going to be a short term. Yeah. And I think but, too many people are at the point now, especially where we live in a social media society with instant gratification, where people are like, I'm not going to wait for that. Not going to do it. You know, you bring up social media and uh, and I think that's a problem, too. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gotten us where we are. A, an intelligent society and especially an intelligent individual will plant a tree knowing that they will never get to sit under its shade and enjoy its fruit. You do that for future generations. And right now, us, our generation, we need to start planting those seeds. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, am I a victim of instant gratification? Of course, we all are. But we have to look at this both long-term and short-term. There's short-term goals that we could do, but we have to start planting the seeds for long-term goals. And that is going things through the courts. That is starting on the local level when it comes to elections. If you want to look at a great example from the left is the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America. 20 years ago, they were a nobody. Mm-hmm. And all they've been doing is they've been putting their efforts on local elections. They've been winning town, city, you know, county commissions and city councilman elections and dog catcher. And then they started Congress. grabbing Congress. Yep. Yeah. And why? Because victory breeds victory. Yeah. And one of the biggest issues that constitutionalists have is we're independent. We don't want to work together. Yep. And since we don't work together, we don't plan long-term goals. But if we start tackling the local elections, victory breeds victory. Everything – politics is local. D.C. is simply a manifestation of local politics. It's a representation of local politics. So if, if we as honest, constitutionalist, loving Americans put the time and effort – and that means you have to sacrifice. That means you yep. have to attend your city council meeting. You'll have to burn a vacation day. You'll have to skip that hunting day. You'll have to skip playing a day of Xbox or going to the game or doing whatever the hell it is that you're doing. And you're going to have to sit through that boarding, that boring meeting. And you're going to have to vote. And you're going to have to voice your opinion. You may have to run for some of these boring offices. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're, that's how it works. Yeah, or you're going to have to get out there, and if you if you identify the right people, you get out there and you help them get elected. Yep. You know, this I, I, is just the reality of, of how it's going to go. I think that the number one place where everything breaks is finances, money. That's where everything breaks, right? That's where you make a difference. So one, that's why I've been saying, and, I, and it's not just me, a lot of people think we have to have our own ecosystem, like our own economic system that we can survive in because that's the first place that they're going to try to starve us out of, right? And if we could survive in there, if we could figure out what, who we are, what we do, we could figure out how to survive and thrive inside of that then we'll survive the the operation choke points or whatever they do trying try to pull that from us. And I think we have to be prepared because this isn't hyperbole, but you, when you thought about creating parallel systems and how people have tried to do that in history, and that's usually how you end up getting the government to really crack down on you, even when you're mm-hmm. trying to be peaceful. And you can think of Black Wall Street as a perfect example of that. You know, you had obviously uh, black people set up their own almost parallel society where they had all their own shops, businesses that were thriving and people didn't want to have that. So we need to be prepared to peaceably kind of create those parallel societies or economic systems. That cannot be burned down. Yeah, but realize that they might not accept that. 
and and you know and we have examples you know coming from i'm fortunate i'm i'm puerto rican so you know we've always been my family you know we've been part of the united states you know for generations now but we have a lot of cubans and venezuelans here and that's one of the things that they always warn us about it's going to be it's a slow march at first and you don't see it coming and you have to be prepared for the worst because a lot of times people take it for granted because it comes as benevolence first like we're here to help the people you know don't worry we're going to take away some of your burdens from you you know instead of we're taking away your rights no it's which we're going to make things easier and better for you and the next thing you know you're left with nothing and you and that's it it's too late and you you, you spoke of black wall street and mm -hmm. that was a horrific event that happened in tulsa you know why it happened is because they were unarmed they were disarmed jim crow purposely disarmed them so if a people that they didn't like became uppity, they could crush them. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why we have to stay armed. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. again, it, it's it's the canary in the coal mine. The first thing that, that every totalitarian dictatorship does is they go after the firearms. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if they're a right-wing dictatorship or a left-wing dictatorship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it was Francoist Spain, if it was communist Cuba – or if it was uh, Pol Pot's Cambodia, or if it was Peron's Argentina. They went after firearms. Yeah. And they disarmed anyone that they saw as a viable political threat to their power. I think we definitely have to stay armed. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out how to, uh, to keep the blood flowing financially, right? Very important. And then we have to prepare for the, for the coming break or fall. That's going to happen, okay? They can't keep the real estate market going. They can't keep businesses going, business investment. and all. They can't keep that stuff going with what they plan to do. It's just not going to happen, okay? Well, so they, you, could, you can write checks and you could just, uh, or you could create money that doesn't exist. Eventually, you're going to run into a wall where it's like, okay, now someone has to pay the price and you just need to be ready. That's the thing that I'm saying. That's why, like, I don't think any serious person thinks that what these idiots are doing in D.C. make to me. I don't think it makes any difference. Okay, we've got Democratic idiots or Democrat idiots, Republican idiots up there. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I just want you know, that's it. I just want them to leave me alone. I want to make sure that I could stay armed so I could fight and defend myself. Right. And I want to make sure that I can still uh, I can still trade. With the people like me, and I just want to make sure that I'm prepared for whatever nonsense they do. So when everything breaks, yes, I'll be there. I'll probably get caught off guard or whatever in it. But but for the most part, I'm prepared. I was ready for that. I could pull back and go somewhere and be able to survive while while they're all eating each other alive. Yep. Hank, you, you know, to to bring it back to everything being local. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to push the assault weapons ban here in Florida. Mm-hmm. They want to push universal background checks here in Florida. They want to expand the red flags law here in Florida. They want to make mandatory safe storage. They, they want to go after our Second Amendment rights. And the biggest thing about saying, I just want to be left alone, and I hate to sound critical on, on you on this because mm-hmm. you know you're a good friend of mine, but saying that, that's defeatist talk. Losers say, I want to be left alone. Winners say, to hell with you. You're going to listen to me. I'm the boss. And that's what it comes down to. The people in Tallahassee and the people in Tallahassee and, and in Washington, D.C., we're the boss. They work for us, not the other way around. We need to be on them. We need to put pressure on them. We need to put pressure on the people, on the Chris Sprawls and the Wilton Simpsons and the Nancy Pelosi's 
And we need to remind them that, hey, you're only there because of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I meant it in that way, but I understand what you're saying. I'm, I don't I know, feel, I, I don't I, feel I, I like know, chastised or anything about it, no, I know you for sure. But the only the only way we can the only way we can deal with those people is get rid of them. Yeah. And and again, I mean, start <laughs> they can't. Yeah. They're, they're not people that could be spoken to. They already have a plan or agenda. The only way we could deal with them is replace them, which is what I agree with the conversation mm -hmm. that we're having here. The way to replace them is to start small and start building up that network, just like you said that they did, and start replacing them. Okay, yep. with people who you know who don't have that agenda that they have, because listen. There's folks out there who think that it doesn't matter who's sheriff. It doesn't matter who's the mayor, right? It doesn't matter who's sitting on a small town city council of 2,000 people. You know, even I see folks saying, oh, well, it's expensive to do politics, for sure. But on the small level, you can win that. You could get rid of that. You could get rid of those people. If people are fired up and people are mad and these guys have a record of doing nonsense, you could take them out. You could get rid of them. What people don't realize is a lot of folks are afraid of contacting their lawmakers, whether mm -hmm. they're city, whether they're city, county, state, or federal, and especially when it comes to state level issues. Because yeah, DC is its own cluster; it's its own mm -hmm. hornet's nest of problems. But on the state level, you know, not everyone is a diehard on either side. Most of them, they're just in it for the money. They're 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 wishy washy. They're squishy. So if you get a hundred, if you get two hundred people that are their constituents, call them and say, "Hey, I want you to pass this bill." You'd be amazed at how that actually works. You'd be amazed at what an email campaign could actually do when you get a thousand people out of someone's district saying, "Hey, either support this, or I'm going to support the guy that's going to primary you." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's that's really where it's at, man. Yeah, that's really where it's at. I think that's the place to do it. I think the the Tea Party guys were going in a good direction with that, and then they got co-opted somehow by the Republican exactly, Party. I guess that's exactly what happened. The mm -hmm. Republican Party did co-opt them. Mm -hmm. You you want a great example? Marco Rubio. He was the Tea Party's darling. How has he been in the Senate? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, we all live in Florida. We all know how bad he's been. Yeah. And I've known Marco Rubio since he was a West Miami City Council member. So when he was running under the Tea Party banner, I was like, ay, Dios mío, this is going to be a – esto va a ser un maricomio. This is going to mm -hmm. be a nuthouse with him. He ain't mm -hmm. going to keep any word that he says. Well, what, what did I always call him? I always called him the GOP version of Barack Obama. That he's the nice, clean, young, articulate, good-looking guy that goes up there that can give great platitudes. But he's always being groomed to be president. Uh, yeah, he always had his eye on the bigger picture, mm -hmm. and everything else was a stepping stone. That's kind of that was my feeling with Marco Rubio when I saw him. I was like, "No, this dude is too polished. They're they're grooming him. He's got the agenda, and he's not gonna he's not gonna live up to expectations." I still remember when he was doing his presidential campaign, and he was at Mylander Park in the middle of Hialeah, mm -hmm. and he couldn't fill up Hialeah. He yeah. couldn't get Hialeah to show up at Mylander Park. And for those folks that are watching this that don't know, Mylander Park is the main park in Hialeah. And Hialeah is the epicenter of the Cuban-American community in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he couldn't fill that up is – Because they were with him. <laughs> well, not, not only that. He lied. He literally mm -hmm. lied. He said for a long time, oh, my family suffered under Castro. We fled the communist regime. Mm -hmm. and Castro took over in 59. 
he came, his family came to the U.S. prior. Mm-hmm. They didn't mm-hmm. suffer. And mm-hmm. whether it sounds, you know, whether it sounds like a big thing or not, or not, mm-hmm. lying about something as simple as that. Especially in a community that lived under a communist. Yeah, to the people who know the truth. Yeah, yeah, to the mm-hmm. people that know the truth, they looked at it as like, wait, wait, if you're willing to lie on that to score points, what the hell else are you willing to lie on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think that there are people who can who are genuine about this and they could do it. It's tough. Um, you know, a lot of the good folks out there don't want to do this, right? They're not interested in getting into this as a career to build up a thing and make the money. But well, so, but we have to. We either have to do it, or we have to abdicate it to these guys. Yep. And I think part of what we're seeing too now to kind of throw this into the bigger into bigger thing of context of things that are going on. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to be more concerned now than ever too with big tech. Because you can see the power that they have to influence politicians. You're already seeing other world leaders freak out after Trump was was booted off Twitter. Now, they're making different arguments because they're saying, wait a second, big tech shouldn't have the right to infringe on free speech. We're governments. We're the ones who are supposed to infringe on free speech. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they're European countries. They don't have a First Amendment. So in their eyes, they're absolutely right. They don't want to see private companies. So one of my fears is – we need to be more careful now than ever sometimes about what we say and what we do, uh, because I can imagine that the reason that big tech has so much power is we already know that when you talk, your cell phone is listening to you and you start getting advertisements mm-hmm. that you're like, whoa, I was just talking about that with somebody else. I didn't search for that. So you can't tell me that they don't have the most epic amount of blackmail that the world has ever seen on everybody if they the, wanted the to. The hypocrisy of big tech is ridiculous. They yeah. banned Trump, but they allow the Ayatollah of Iran to make it, death threats to Israel. Exactly. So <laughs> so you, you have to imagine that they're starting to leverage that power, and I could see politicians becoming more and more afraid and having you know big tech try to use that stuff. So that's why we I've, need to combat that more than ever by having our own alternate platform. Right. But I think the more they do that, the more they do that kind of stuff, the more they're uh, cutting their own oh, throats. Oh, playing with fire. Yeah, yeah, it is. They're cutting it's, their it's own throats. People are going to yeah. start looking for alternatives, and it's going to become lucrative for companies out there to offer alternatives, to offer right. an alternative to you where you can put apps on your phone and they can't cut the app off, right? Yeah. All of this stuff is going to – the more you do this kind of stuff, the more people – like, I'm telling you, man, the major, I, I get it. Like, we're not like everyone else, Right. That's why we do whatever we do. That's why we're burning our time doing this when other people are doing something else. You know, but the majority of folks out there are seeing all of this and just thinking in the back of their mind, when when will I be the person they don't like? Mm-hmm. When is it that what I'm saying all of a sudden is not the cool thing? Right? And so everyone is going to start looking for those and there's going to be folks out there uh, serving that up. That's really honestly I think the way that this is going to work. Otherwise, we are just going to run into a wall and our backs will be to the wall and there'll be no choice to except to fight this out. I, I think it'll be key to see how Republicans start feeling about regulation, because one of the biggest obstacles that we're going to start running into now is that because big tech does have so much prominence, their lobbying money is unparalleled. So we have to start looking at every politician that is getting big tech money 
because they're going to be influenced. So you could see Republicans may not want to push for Section 230 reform or something like that because they're like, well, we're anti-regulation. I was like, but you have to understand the other side and media are colluding with big tech. So that's an alliance of government and and business that even the Constitution can't do anything about. Like the founders would even say, like, this isn't how it's supposed to work. Governments aren't supposed to have an incestuous relationship with business like the Constitution doesn't function under that uh, under that relationship. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So it can't. So uh, any conservative, they're like, well, you can't mess with big. They're interfering with the way the government functions. That's a totally different story now. They're not private business anymore. They're influencing the public directly mm -hmm. by manipulating politicians or working with politicians to try to eliminate the speech of their political enemies. So I was like, you have to do something about it. Either you're going to have private citizens take it into their own hands, which you don't want, or you have government do what sometimes it's supposed to do in that case and act on the will of the people. So I think this is something that we're going to have to have a kind of come to Jesus moment and realize this delineation. The the ultimate power still lies within the people. Mm -hmm. You if if you look at it from historically from historical events, you can look at Mahatma Gandhi and how he gained fought for Indian independence. He did you know you had the the violent sect within his group that said hey we have to overthrow the British by force. His premise was, no, we're going to publicly shame them mm -hmm. and bring them down to our level. Mm -hmm. And right now we're, we're at that crossroads. And like I said, you know, we don't, I don't want us to get to the cartridge box. Yeah. I, I'm not I dying trying to publicly shame anyone. Yeah. I got no time no, for that. No. You know, and I'm, <laughs> but, uh, I'm but, Indian myself, but I'm not going out like that. Gandhi did oh, it no, so no, I don't no. have to do it. No, no, no. But, but what I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Is, yeah. But, but what I'm bringing up is there's multiple ways mm -hmm. to go after these people. And right now we're still at that ability to where I think we can do it peacefully. Mm -hmm. We have the numbers. The only problem is, is we choose not to use it. We, that's, if, I mean, I, I think that's true. And I think, though, that these kinds of things is what pushes people to do it, right? It's like yep. we're talking about people leaving states because they got so bad. I grew, I grew up exactly. in New York, and I left New York because it was so terrible. M moved to New Jersey. Jersey was worse. I was like, I'm out, right? If you look at, if you look at social media, none of the kids are on Facebook, right? Wherever there's all the rules or their parents can see them, they leave and they go off to something else, right? This is how people are, and we could be that same way too. There are people who believe in this. We see these kinds of things all the time. When I see like Goya, stand, the, the guy who's running Goya standing up, for example, yep. I go, oh, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm buying that stuff. You know, when I and see the guy from that, my that's pillow, where we have, that's where we have That's power. where we have power, that's where our, exactly. That's where our numbers come in. Yes. And, that, and I said, and that's why I said, it all starts locally. If we focus that power locally, and it builds up, it can build up and be a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. but, and but ultimately, it, it they won't be able to step. do anything about it unless they decide to have a to have a, a insurrection and come after us. That's yep. the only way. Ultimately, that's what happened. And if, if we're talking about Black Wall Street, that's what happened there. These guys were getting too organized. They were building up too much wealth or whatever. And people were like, yeah, we can't necessarily let this happen. We're going to burn it down. Right. And they yep. did not have a way to defend themselves. So I think that's the same thing with us. But for all this time in the to take this back to the firearms industry for all this time, all everyone's been doing 
is just going, oh, well, we've got Facebook. I just want to be big on Facebook or Instagram. I don't want to figure out how to make our own Facebook in case something happens. I don't want to figure out how to, fig- to, to make a way for us to buy and sell stuff to each other if something happens. So then the something happened. <laughs> that becomes the impetus, mm-hmm. right? That's where everyone starts to worry. Oh, if I'm really in this, if I'm really in this thing, now I have to do it. And maybe out of that, we'll, we'll actually see it uh, turn around. Well, uh, necessity, as they say, is the mother of invention. So mm-hmm. now it's a necessity, so people will invent it. And uh, another thing that I want to kind of throw in there, I think now it's more important than ever um, that we have to learn about history so that we can contextualize things, so that we can either say, well, we're, we're exaggerating how bad things are, or this is actually unprecedented. So you actually have a context. And I think we have to read a lot of things that the founders uh, had Mm -hmm. and we have to start thinking because sometimes I think one of the mistakes that we've made on the freedom side, the right, whatever you want to call it, um, is that we've underestimated the left and we think that they're crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and, And in some cases, some of them are crazy, but those are the people that they put forward on purpose. Mm-hmm. And you have to start reading their books. You have to start reading Sololinsky, Rules for Radicals. You have to read Propaganda. You have to read different literature like that because you have to understand how they think and how they got here and how they went through a long march of the institutions. And this wasn't overnight. How did they take over media? How did they take over pop culture? How were they able to go into schools? And in many ways, it wasn't nefarious or illicit. It was they just did it and they, they- tried or they persuaded people uh, through emotional arguments or things like that. So we have to deconstruct how to, to use their, to use their terminology. We have to deconstruct how they infiltrated and became so successful in manipulating, uh, these messages. And we have to learn how to take the good stuff from it. Obviously we, we would like to think that we're more moral than the people who are trying to take our rights. So you can only use their tactics to a certain extent, but there are some things that are good. You know, it's like it's like the Jedi. The reason if you want to go uh, crazy, oh, the boy, reason that the Jedi the reason now that we the, know we're part, in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of the reason that the Jedi fell is because they were so afraid of the dark side that was almost like, I don't even want to know about the Sith. Like mm. it, it's almost like blaspheming. So sometimes I think when it comes to boycotts, things like that, people on the right are like, that's what the left does. Like, we can't do that. We can't protest. We can't do that. Like, it's blasphemy to do that. And it's like, no, it's effective. You have to take the good things that they do that to get their voice heard, and we have to start using those tactics on our side because they work, that's, and you don't use the bad how, ones. That's mm-hmm. how DSA has been taking over the Democrats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The violence doesn't work, but a lot of the other things that win hearts and minds, it does. We know. Obviously, we were we had an aversion to the riots and that thing stuff. We know that violence doesn't work. That's just to intimidate people, but there are other things that do win the hearts and minds and we have to pay attention to it and not disregard it. And I think it's a mistake. Um, that yeah, made well, in, in that case, violence worked until they didn't want it to work. Well, right? that's because so they, they use the they, media. Yeah. They used yeah. that violence There's for a, a long difference. time and it worked to their advantage, but yes, because violence, they control the media. The, the issue with violence in this past, this past year, in my humble opinion is this. Violence only happened in areas that it was allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. It was all a controlled narrative. Yep. And, you know, you wouldn't have what happened in Seattle happen in Miami because the city of Miami, they cracked down on it. And, and it didn't matter what side you were on. Nope. You were right. You were left. They didn't care. The city of Miami was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to allow this. You're not going to burn down our businesses. You're not going to destroy our livelihoods. And the city government backed their police and said, Go crack down on this stuff. We don't care what they're saying. 
what they're doing. People have a right to protest. People have a right to voice their opinions. People have a right to seek grieve to address their grievances with the government. Mm-hmm. They don't have a right to harm others. They don't have a right to burn down people's livelihoods and attack others. Yeah. How many how many of these cities got burned in Florida? I'm just curious. Um, to my knowledge, zero to none. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tampa had some people break stuff, but that happened everywhere. There's nothing. There's only so much you can stop, but it wasn't like widespread stuff. Yeah. You, ha- crap you had a little bit of looting down in Bayfront Park in Miami, mm-hmm. and within 12 hours, city of Miami had their riot units out and completely yeah. corralled it right in front of the PD. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. in Tallahassee, nothing really kicked off, and Tallahassee is a liberal place. I mean, uh, Gainesville here, nothing really, like you guys are saying, a little something, but really nothing. I, I was here in Gainesville the whole time through all of that. Before I hanged up the badge, mm-hmm. I worked a couple of the events here in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly tell you this. We worked hand-in-hand hand with BLM. BLM organized it with law enforcement because they didn't want violence. Mm-hmm. They, wanted to, they wanted to express their issues. Mm-hmm. And, we, and our attitude was, hey, and this is as cops. Mm-hmm. We were like, hey, you got all the right to do that. And they would tell us, hey, this guy over here, the guy wearing the black pajamas with the book bag, we don't know who the hell he is. Mm -hmm. And sure as hell, yeah, you know, that was a malcontent that had – Because they realized they were being co-opted, right? Eventually they realized they were being co-opted. By the way, so let me ask this. I just want to switch from this really quickly. Um, Do you think in the gun world we were co-opted by anyone? You ever have that feeling? Yes. <laughs> anyone want to uh, mention anyone they think did some co-opting, or not, not at this time? I think um, you could say a party co-opted the gun movement. Definitely, <laughs> for sure. They're, they're, yeah, not just. Um, not just I think the NRA way. big time did that. Yeah. Uh, I'll come out and say it. I know the GOA guys have rules and regulations on that. I I am officially staying mum on what's going on with that, but. Uh, <laughs> In terms of a political level, not, not yes. just the NRA either. I think there's no, some no, other not, organizations not just the NRA, out there. But, yeah. but there has been co-opting mm-hmm. of the Second Amendment by certain political groups mm-hmm. purposely to dangle it as a carrot from a stick. Mm-hmm. And and you know, if you want to look at it, it whether it's right or wrong, the Republican mm-hmm. Party of Florida. Mm-hmm. You got some good folks in the RPOF that are truly constitutionalists and they believe in what they say. And then you have other folks like the current Senate president, Golden mm-hmm. Simpson, you know campaigned, oh, hey, I'm pro-gun, and he authored the gun control bill after Parkland. Mm-hmm. You had Anna Tira Flores beforehand as the uh, Senate pro tempore. Mm-hmm. You know, she was there rambling on about, oh, I'm pro-gun, I voted on this, I voted mm-hmm. in favor of that. And then when Campus Carey came before her in the committee, she gutted it. Mm-hmm. You had Eileen Bogodoff gut um, open carry back in 2011. You had uh, uh, Manuel Diaz de la Portilla do the same thing in 2015 and 2016. All Republicans, they all gutted pro-gun bills that were pushed through committee. Why? Because they say it, but then they don't do it. Yeah. But then when the but then when they came for re-election, they always push the, well, vote for me because if it was if I don't win, it's the Democrats and they're going to yeah. do worse to you. You know what's tragic? You know what's tragic, Lewis, man. And I've always thought this: the nerdy guys, the nerdy gun guys, in your case. No, no one gets behind you. No one supports you. No one uh, tries to help you get into that position. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're, I, I, you're, I find, you're. I find it insulting that I'm nerdy. You're, no, it's a, <laughs> around here. This is a compliment. I know. I know. I know. Around here, this is a compliment. 
you know, those, but this is the point that I'm trying to make, right? This is like an overall political thing. Like I remember, so growing up uh, partly outside of America, in other places, it was cool to be nerdy. It was cool. Like that's how it was for my parents. And that's how it was for me growing up in other places. Like if you were smart and if you understood something, you were passionate about it, you can get up and speak about this thing. You were cool. Right. And then I came to America and being smart was like shunned and everyone just wanted to be in order to be cool. You had to, you know, it's, it's like a whole became a whole different thing. Right. It, 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 there is a, a cultural issue mm-hmm. where education is looked down upon mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but or not not even just education yeah. the person like no, you I, that's I, passionate and has I, an I understanding meant, of this no, i meant education mm-hmm. being educated in terms of the worldly manner of the mm-hmm. classical method mm-hmm. that the founding fathers the founding fathers half of them they didn't have a formal education but they were educated men yeah. they understood how society worked they understood the principles of society of how liberty works mm-hmm. You know, Thomas Paine, you read his works and it's – to this day, it's amazing on how much of it trans, you know, transfers mm-hmm. to today's He was society. connecting th- these, these – the founders, the old school dudes, the people who yep. made music, who did a lot of things from the past were connecting to the universe. Today, it's all about who's that cool dude you want to have a drink with at the bar. This is why they ran Biden against Trump. You know that, right? Why did yeah, why, why, why did Trump win? Trump won because oh he's this cool he's a billionaire or whatever. But people felt oh he's cool I can hang out with him, and so they wanted to go with someone like that against uh, Trump, right? They didn't want to go with someone on the left that was more you know that that was talking sense or anything. They didn't want to support Tulsi Gabbard or something like that. Not saying I support her. I'm just trying to tell you guys something, mm-hmm. right? Because. You know, they, that's not what ultimately the masses respond to. Oh, this just he's a cool dude. That's the old grandpa I can hang out with. And, you know, he's the old grandpa who says crazy stuff or whatever. And here we are. We're living in idiocracy. We're literally living through that, that the people who could do something, who are passionate, who would have loyalty and stand by what they believe. That's not who we support. That's not who we well, put out there. Well, as things are going today, I th- believe that you have a great awakening where more people are having the wool taken off from their eyes instead of the wool pulled over their eyes, if I have that saying correctly. If I don't, sue me. <laughs> um, but uh-huh. what, I, what I mean by it is you have people that are starting to see reality for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Ameri- you're an immigrant. I'm the, I'm the first of my family born of immigrants. And... Even in Puerto Rico, the U, even though it's part of the U.S., it's still held back by the insular cases and it doesn't have full constitutional mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. Right. And all three of us, we understand what the American dream is. The American dream has has not been about material wealth. It's been about wealth and liberty and freedom. It's been about the ability to where if you want to succeed in life and you fail, you could pick yourself up, dust yourself off and try again. It's about being able to express yourself. It's about being able to defend yourself. It's about being able to practice your beliefs in freedom. It's about being able to defend your physical property and that of your mental property. Mm-hmm. You know, you have as much right to your ideas as you do to your to your wealth and your property. 
and you have an attack on numerous sides from numerous levels of government that want to strip us of that. They want to make us back to being plebeian serfs where we toil on someone else's field so they get rich off our backs. But that's not that's not what America's about. That's not why people come to this country. Mm-hmm. That's not what the First Amendment's about. That's not what the Second Amendment's about. And it all comes down to, again, the Second Amendment's the canary in the coal mine. You know, if they're going after that, they're going to go after everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, listen, let's do – let's in the time that we have left, which is about half an hour, I want to get into some stuff. Uh, you know, since we, we have this opportunity here with Lewis, you want to tell us, cause I don't think you ever came on and talked about what happened and how you wound up over at GOA. Uh, you no, want to walk I, us I, through that a little bit? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I, I could, I could gladly okay. talk about that. Okay. So I've been in law enforcement for all my adult life and I would burn my own private, uh, vacation time to go to the Capitol and speak against anti-gun bills and speak in favor of pro-gun bills. Mm-hmm. And when 2018 happened, I literally reached out to GOA on my own uh, to inform them of the uh, gun rights rally that we were hosting, that I was working, that I was trying to organize with, um, oh God, I can't remember his name right now, but you know who I'm talking about, Hank, Uh, the attorney out in Jacksonville that he always writes um, the Florida Firearms Guide. Um, I can't remember the name. I don't know if someone out there. I'm te- it starts with yeah. a G. I'm the wrong person because I'm terrible with names. <laughs> but anyway. But yes, I remember so all of that. I, I reached out to Eric Pratt of GOA mm-hmm. on my own volition, and he came down and we hit it off. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, we've had a very good connection. And I've been kind of his eyes and ears on what's going on in Florida. And... Earlier this past year, back around September, October, November time frame, I was looking to get out of law enforcement. I was looking to hang up the badge. And Eric out of the blue called me and he asked me, he's like, hey, look, you know, what's going on in Florida? And I brought it up with him. Oh, hey, you know, I'm looking to hang up the badge and go to the private sector and be a PI. And he basically said, why the hell? Why don't you come with us? Mm-hmm. And... I I sat there and I thought about it long and hard and I was like, you know what, I can make a hell of a lot of money in the private sector. But I said, you know what, I'd rather go with GOA than be a PI. And I'd rather put all my passion and effort to fight for the Second Amendment. Because fighting for the Second Amendment also means fighting for the First Amendment. It means fighting for the Fourth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment. Because right now, you know, uh, Senate Bill 186, the red flag bill. Yeah, they're going after guns, but it violates our Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. As a cop, I was I, – I, I never as – as a law enforcement officer, I never would have supported such legislation. Mm-hmm. I fully believe in due process. If an individual is a threat to society, then I should have – then I should be able to, as a cop, to establish enough probable cause to go to a judge and say, Your Honor, this is what I have. Here's my warrant. Either I have enough or I don't. Mm-hmm. And then – you actually make a legitimate arrest and it goes before the courts and the courts will review the evidence on hand and the individual will have the right to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Though these red flag laws, they don't do that. They throw it all in the trash can. Mm-hmm. It, it, it literally goes against everything that I stood for as a law enforcement mm-hmm. officer. It's it's pre-crime and I'm not yeah. for that. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure it makes it tough for a lot of folks who are still doing that. Um, you know, I mean – it's, yeah, we, it's we can it's have horrific. that one. Yeah, we can have that one out. So okay, so now you're with GOA. What's yep. 
What's the uh, approach here that you're going to be taking? How can folks keep up with what you're doing? I know I've been getting an email from you. I believe, Rolando, you're also getting that email. How can folks get involved in that? How can we help you help get your word out? Well, first and foremost, go to gunowners.org. Mm -hmm. And if you want it and join, you could join either on our email list or you could join as members. Mm -hmm. uh, our email list will keep you informed. I am constantly keeping up to date with anything happening legislatively. I am reaching out to um, Florida Carry. They're a fantastic state-level mm -hmm. group. They're not officially affiliated with us, but mm -hmm. we work hand-in-hand -hand with them. Okay. I'm actually a Florida Carry member. Okay, you are. Oh, I think we've been trying to get someone from Florida Carry on the show. People keep asking I'll, us about I'll, it, but I, we haven't been able I'll to do reach, it. I'll reach out to Florida Carry and mm -hmm. let them know that uh, you want to get someone on the show. Okay. Uh, but GOA has no issue in working with folks like Florida Carry. Mm -hmm. um, to help me, the biggest thing is I can't do this alone. I could be your eyes and ears at the Capitol. I could be your voice at the Capitol. But when it comes to legislation – especially go to our website, go to gunowners.org because we have pre-filled um, emails and where like for Senate Bill 186 or the assault weapons bill, Senate Bill 370, we have it to where you could go on and there's a pre-filled email that you could edit yourself and it figures out who's your rep, who's your senator, who's the speaker of the house. You know, if we're specifically target, like some of the stuff we're doing is we're targeting specifically the speaker of the house and the Senate president. Why? Because they have the uh, power of their office to put pressure and assign bills to committee. Mm -hmm. We want pro-gun bills to be assigned to committee. We want anti-gun bills to be blocked from committee. So we're, right now we're putting a lot of pressure on them. Okay. So when you sign – so when you fill out those emails, that's who it goes to. It's specifically targeting them and it's letting them know that, hey, gun owners aren't happy about this. Um, other things, email us. Contact me. I, you know my my email address. You could reach my email address through my emails that I send through GOA. Contact me. I respond back. I have no problem discussing things with Floridians. I'm a Floridian. Life born, you know, born and raised. Mm -hmm. After this legislative session, I want to do a whistle stop tour. I want to go across the state. Um, we have industry partners. We have gun shops. We have gun ranges. I want. To, we have manufacturers on board. I really want to build a strong, solid coalition, and I can't do this without folks like you. Uh, you're, you're, you're part of that coalition for me. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we'll be happy uh, to help out in any way that we can. Definitely. Yeah, and if there's folks that we need to help in our small way yeah. to bring attention to them, uh, we would love to do that. I agree with what you just said there. We really need the manufacturers uh, in Florida, especially, I mean, that, that's the territory that we're talking about here, but all around the country to pay attention to what's going on, because I've seen in the past that a lot of uh, manufacturers are totally out of the loop and have no clue of what's going on here in Florida. And even when you we have rallies and things like that here in Florida, you don't necessarily see those guys showing up. And they're the yeah. ones the most directly affected. Their employees are the most directly affected by this. And they don't show up. They don't get their employees out there. And they don't work to get the people, the fans of their product out there. You know, when the 2018 rally happened, when we were fighting um, – the Parkland Gun Control, Caltech, they're out of Cocoa Beach, Florida, right next to uh, Cape Canaveral. They helped sponsor that rally. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you had Shoot Straight. They're one of the larger FFLs here in the state. They helped sponsor that rally. But a lot of it comes down to, and this was told to me by then-Senator Baxley. He was one of the most conservative members of the state Senate. He said, most people aren't putting pressure on their elected officials, and their elected officials are taking that silence as approval. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. why they're pushing gun control Mm -hmm. or they're blocking pro-gun legislation. Yeah. And a lot, and I understand from the industry standpoint, most of them, they don't know what's going on industry-wise or, or legislatively-wise because they're focused on the industry. Mm-hmm. They're having to deal with things in D.C. They're having to deal with, um, you know, can they sell their products overseas? Can they sell their products to New York? Is there a gun ban? Is there some regulatory thing in terms of manufacturing because of a chemical? And I, and I get that. But one of the things I want to do is I want to reach out to all these industry folks and bring them in on board as industry partners so when something does happen, they could send a rep to the Capitol Mm -hmm. or they could send a rep to a rally or they could send a rep to a local county commission meeting and saying no. But at the same time, I need everyday folks. I need you folks. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. If you ain't squeaking, if you ain't making noise, if you ain't hooting and hollering, you ain't going to get the grease. You ain't going to be taken care of. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we recently had uh, we really recently had Noah from uh, from second uh, from the two A what is it two A counties or sanctuary counties sanctuary counties yeah sanctuary counties on and he was talking about states um, becoming sanctuary states two uh, A sanctuary states for example um, do we have a shot of that can we get that going in Florida. Uh, I'm trying to set up a meeting with a number of lawmakers to specifically push that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so Florida could pass its own version of a firearms freedom bill. Um, you've had a couple of states like in Kansas, they passed the firearms freedom bill where it was, oh, if you, if you make a suppressor within the state, it's it's not affected by the National Firearms Act. No, no, no. I want to go bigger and better. I want to do it to where it says if the federal government is looking to strip people of their Second Amendment rights, the state will do what it can to block that. Mm -hmm. And Florida already passed something similar to that Mm -hmm. in terms of natural disasters, like uh, what happened during Hurricane Katrina, where state resources won't be used to go after people's Second Amendment right. We already have a law like that on the books, but we need to strengthen it and we need to make it better. So, yeah, that's one of the things GOA is pushing. GOA, of course, is pushing for constitutional carry. We're pushing for campus carry. We're pushing for anything and everything that expands the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. We don't We don't compromise. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions or, or comment, comments here, Rolando? You want to jump uh, in? No, no. I, I wholeheartedly support GOA's approach, and I've— always wholeheartedly um, push that political approach too, because one of the strategies that we see with the anti-gun side or just the left in general is that they, let's take the Green New Deal. They ask, they go for the big ask. They go all the way as absurd as possible so that when they compromise and they only get 10% of what they want, that's really what they wanted all along. So GOA's approach is the right thing. You have to go for as far as you can because then at least if you get a victory, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge improvement over what we have now, even if it's not necessarily like, well, let's repeal the NFA. Well, you might not get that in the first shot, but if you get suppressors taken off the NFA or if you get things like that taken off, that's a huge victory. And that's already – now you're ready. Now you're in a stronger position for the next time you negotiate to get more. 
mm. rather than, well, let's just go for um, let's just make sure that they don't pass an assault weapons ban. Well, OK, well, then they're going to pass something. They're just going to pass something short of that. That's worse than what we are than the status quo. That, that's what they did. That, yeah, that's, that's what, what the they'll red always do. Were done after 2018. I've I sat in the Senate gallery chambers when they actually added as an amendment to SB 7026, an assault weapons ban. And then Senate uh, President Joe Negron sat there and said, okay, the eyes have it. And he did it by a voice vote. And I was terrified. Mm -hmm. For 15 minutes, I was there going, oh, my God, they have an assault weapons ban added to this. And by that point, it was already out of committee. So as the public, I couldn't speak in its favor. But Senator Baxley demanded that an actual roll call vote be done. And it failed. Or, no, I'm sorry. It, the, the roll call vote didn't fail. It, what failed was actually having the assault weapons ban added to it as an amendment. And Negron just kind of shook his head like, oh, OK, so the assault weapons ban didn't add it. But we still got the red flag laws. And for me, I was still furious because you could see the gun grabbers on the, on the Senate floor. They were still cheering. Of course. They, they told the media, they told NBC and ABC and WLRN and NPR, oh, you know, it was horrible. We couldn't get the assault weapons ban. Meanwhile, they're all there going like, ha, ha, ha. We were, 21-year-olds, now, anyone under 21 now can't get a firearm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have the red flag laws now. Oh, we now have a mandatory waiting period if you don't have a concealed carry permit or hunting license. You know, they were still cheering that victory because they still got what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Their goal is always to infringe upon the Second Amendment. And whether they take an inch or they take a mile, they see every movement closer to the goal as victory. And GOA is we're the opposite of that. Any movement that's closer to the goal of further expanding the Second Amendment is victory for us. We're always going to push for the best. We're never going to compromise. And I can tell you this. If we have lawmakers that are going to sabotage a bill and poison pill it, we'd rather that bill be killed than it go forward. And a great example of that was when Bogendorf gutted open carry back in 2011. That bill was poison pilled. If I was there, I would have pushed for the death of that bill instead of what happened. Because that bill was worthless. Making it, claiming that, oh, if there's a brief exposure your firearm it's not a crime there's no definition Mm -hmm. of what a brief exposure is it it didn't do anything Mm -hmm. and now sadly on the judicial side if you try to file a lawsuit and push for open carry the courts and the judges will say oh well you have a recourse brief exposure so you're fine it's there in the statute no that doesn't help us Mm -hmm. that that was a poison pill that hurt us So, um, so right now, uh, I'm getting, I don't know whether or not this is, uh, true. I I don't know how to, um, I haven't, I'm not capable right now of vetting it, but this is what Night Train is saying. He's saying Biden's administration will label Trump supporters as far right extremists, forcing military commanders to remove them from their ranks under existing Pentagon policies. So Night Train, um, that's, you know, I don't know whether or not, um, that's uh, news that's actually out there. That's what he says. Uh, I'm not saying I don't believe him. I, I, I've been hearing yeah. more people saying just like we need laws that are like how there are anti-discrimination laws on the books for like race, gender and things like that, that sadly we might need to get to like anti-political discrimination laws where people can't look at your voting record or if you campaign for a certain uh, official and they can't discriminate that against we, you too, we, which we would have, be crazy. We have, 
It's called <laughs> yeah. the First Amendment. Yeah, yeah I know. It should yeah. be. Um, but by the way, Night Train, if you have a link for that, too. let us know the link so I could look that up because I don't know. Um, I mean, that may be true, so... They'll infringe whatever we allow them to infr yeah. infringe. Ultimately, the okay. Constitution won't do anything to stop it if we if we don't do anything ourselves. It's just there as the symbol. Ultimately, the power resides within the people, and there's yep. a specific reason why the why the second is listed as an enumerated right. Mm -hmm. Our our Bill of Rights is simply an enumeration of rights. It is not what you are granted with. It is simply specifically listing what government can't do: freedom of movement. That's a right you're born with. It's not enumerated in the Constitution, but you have that right. Mm -hmm. The founders specifically listed those rights in the in the Constitution just to make sure and to reemphasize and say, no, 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 no. We went through this crap with the crown. We're not going to go through it here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, in the movie The Patriot, to, I, I know I'm going to butcher the line, but you could have one tyrant 3,000 miles away. You could have 3,000 tyrants 100 miles away. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The founders understood that. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what he said. So you'd want me to trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when that. he was at like the uh, the council meeting for them yeah. to choose yeah, they, whether Charles, uh, South Carolina was going to join the uh, yep. the, call, uh, the rebellion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see. Brian Quick says, if you don't work in the firearms industry making items everyone seems to advocate for, then you're not really credible about what those companies do and don't do. Influencers with free crap don't either. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think that uh, at the end of the day, it's pretty obvious what people are doing and not doing. I think it's easy to tell the companies who care and who don't care. Um, I don't think it's... Um, that a company's doing something because they write a check to the NRA, or, or no. to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think that they're doing something because they write a check to GOA. That doesn't. What does yes. that mean to me? You know, I think that's good for GOA. I think GOA needs the checks. They need support. Um, I give them my support, and I and I do as much as I could do, including financially. But yeah, um, thank that you very does. Much for that. You know, you're welcome. But the thing is, is I, you know, it's more than that. You could tell the folks in the firearms industry that are passionate about this and get up and, and put their faces out there um, versus the ones who just write a check and then they go, this is this is me doing something, right? You, I think you that's want pretty a great obvious. You want a great example of someone, Ron Barrett. Ron told the state of California to go pound sand when they tried to go after his 50 cals. He said, oh, okay, I'm never going to service any of the rifles you guys bought previously. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Have a nice yep. day. Yeah. Glock, Glock even told California to pound sand when when they were trying to push the micro-stamping stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yep. there's a lot of guys who stand up there and get out and put their faces out there, right? Uh, we saw – what was it? Was it last weekend? We, we saw um, Pete Brownell, you know, putting yeah. his face out there. You do see people. I'm not saying that. Well, what I'm saying yeah, to you, you know, there's a lot of companies with a lot of money and writing a check and saying this is us doing something is not enough. So if there's folks out there who know that they're doing something, fine. But it's very obvious who's doing things and who's not doing things. And I'm not saying I'm doing everything or you guys are doing everything. Everyone... Um, you know, can make that decision, but the people who are putting their faces out there and then suffering because of that and being attacked because they are doing that, those are, you know, 
those are the people that I'm I'm gonna um, give kudos to over the ones yeah. that are just writing checks. Yeah, you gotta. No, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh no, you gotta reward work instead of the token virtue signaling or or even trying to be anonymous and be like, well, I'm gonna help you, but I just don't tell anyone that I did. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Brian Quick, uh, I'll let you jump in here in a sec, Lewis. And then yeah. Brian Quick goes on to say, and by the way, this is what I enjoy about doing this show. We have a conversation, and it's not just us part of that conversation. The folks out there are adding to that, you know, sometimes in good ways and bad ways. But Brian, <laughs> let me throw this back up. But he says, imagine this. There are people that make guns all day, all day long, and actually voted for Biden. They voted against their own interests, not because GOA didn't reach out, but because they're just dumb. <laughs> Uh, or, or maybe they they're, they're ignorant I, Un, uninformed no or maybe <laughs> they're just making guns because that's what they have to do to put the bacon on the table or however you mm-hmm. say it right not everyone that is in the firearms industry is politically active mm-hmm. just look it's it, it's never the guy working for toyota is he a gearhead you know is he a motorhead does he go nuts the, does that guy go nuts about what Chevy or Corvette or Ferrari? No, he's probably just some guy that's like, okay, I got a job, and my job is to assemble this door on this truck. Okay, and you have that in the industry. You know, not everyone is passionate. Yeah. But you have some individuals that are passionate, mm-hmm. and the thing is, when it comes to the Second Amendment, it's a multifaceted community. It, it's there's more than just one face to this. You have manufacturers, you have industry partners, you have vendors, you have Second Amendment advocates, you have uh, social media influencers, mm-hmm. you have collectors, you have writers. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I am a huge gun guy. I love writing about guns. I love doing anything historical about guns. Uh, my passion is uh, – it, it's a real oddball. I love anything that is – You're a gun nerd. Yeah. Just say it. Yeah. Just say yeah, it, Lewis. I'm a gun nerd. What? I didn't hear you. But yeah, I'm a gun nerd. <laughs> but I mean, I love it. You know, so I'm deeply passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But you Good have other you. folks that aren't. No. And or everyone in their everyone in their own way. I've seen guys at gun companies, man, that they get up and they, you know, they recite, uh, you know, uh, the pledge of allegiance. You know, yep. salute the. I've seen hardcore dudes like that, and they mean it. They're in it. And then I've seen some people who don't necessarily have that passion. I mean, I've seen people at companies building ARs, for example, and they in this company and and the company's located in a place where they can't even buy what they're building. And then also they're not even passionate about it. They might be fans of AKs. I think that you know, unfortunately, this is just how um, the you know, the world lot, and is. And a lot of it too. A lot of it too. Like in Remington's case, a lot mm-hmm. of people are, are have ragged on Remington. Mm-hmm. Oh, why are you still in Illinois, New York? Mm-hmm. Part of it comes down to the law. They've been in Illinois, New York since eighteen, since the early eighteen hundreds. I think they 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 were found in eighteen sixteen. If they shut down their Illinois, New York factory and moved all of their operations to Texas or Alabama or Georgia or Florida. That facility would be declared by the federal government as a Superfund site, and they would be slapped with billions of dollars in cleanup. That's why they keep that factory up and running. Mm-hmm. Some of it is literally just they have to play the cards they're dealt with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, Smith & Wesson, they're still located in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, there's forges that, in certain places because you, yeah. you can't easily make forges anywhere else. Yeah, but you have other folks like Car Arms. 
they're moving out of New York. I believe they moved down to uh, Pennsylvania now. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Pennsylvania is more farms friendly. Uh, Beretta, they moved out of uh, their facility in Maryland because Maryland passed some crazy law. Oh, and they Maryland. moved out to Tennessee. <laughs> you know, so you yeah. do have movement. Uh, even even Magpul. Magpul gave the state of Colorado the middle finger and said, oh, okay, mm-hmm. fine, you're passing a bag ban. We're moving. Yeah. Bye. Even though they're we a bunch of hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we and, all know that's true. Waiting, and I'm still waiting for Magpul to actually come out with an MP5. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, at least uh, they came out with their folding gun with Zev. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Going to. I hope yeah, we see that. I hope we see it. I hope we see it. For like probably, it, I hope it's just not a repeat of the uh, of the Masada slash ACR and it doesn't come out for like five grand in my firstborn. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. Might as well be vaporware at that point. Yeah. Um, combat, combat Gaming wants to know if I'm going to the sawmill at PSA. Not sure what that is. So uh, you'd have to clue me into what I, that is. I have sawmill. no clue. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what the sawmill at PSA. Palmetto State is having? I don't know. I don't know. I think they, they're probably having some events, lots of events going on. I'm not sure which all events I'm going to go to because some of them are all happening at the same time or – you know, like I think the, this is like distributed shot show over all over the country. Yeah, I, and, and to be honest with you, like a lot of times I look at this stuff on what's going to like be the most beneficial. Sometimes it's better for me to go out there and connect with people over going to some of these events. Some of these events might be more beneficial to go to. You know, I just really juggle all of that timing, etc. cetera, uh, and what I'm doing. But uh, I'm not sure exactly what the sawmill thing is. Um, and I, pro- I might have missed that. So. Um, let's see. There's a couple of other things. Um, I did want to remind everyone about the giveaway with Fort Scott Munitions and Franklin Armory and myself. I will throw uh, this is here. You guys can go see. Here's what's in the first place. Uh, there's an upper. There's ammo. There's all kinds of swag involved. A, a trigger stuff uh, swag for myself. Uh, second place. There's uh, triggers. You know, stocks, grips, all kinds of things, magazines involved. All of these are good. Third place, same kind of thing. Fourth place, fifth place. There's a lot of places in here. The odds are good. Everyone's winning some good stuff. So I'll still lose. I'm still scrolling. This goes down to 25th place. So I'm just trying to tell you guys there's 25 prize packs that these guys are giving away. Um, we've tried to make everyone aware of this through... Um, our email list and I've done stuff on on, on, uh, on social media probably I need to repost it on social media but I'm going to throw up the link here so anyone who's maybe looking to win some cool swag and uh, some some cool gun parts and things like that some triggers you know I secured these triggers for you guys <laughs> so go and try to get your hands on some triggers and other things so uh, there's a link. I'll probably throw this up on social media. So if any of you are on social media and you see me put that up, it ends at the end of this month. So you have until the end of the month to get into that. Uh, let me go to Rolando and then we'll come back to Lewis. Rolando, anything uh, going on with you guys that you want to let us know about before we... Uh, just the usual. You can catch us uh, every Sunday at 7 p.m. for the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. Uh, we are going to have uh, one shot, one kill on uh, not this week. It's going to be next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would definitely love to have uh, Luis on sometime. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were actually talking about yeah. a lot of those bills this last weekend on our show. We need and to take over this. We need to take over the gunshine state, guys. I think we could. Yeah, do we this. do. I think we yeah, could we put really a coalition do. together and we could rock this state. We can. Yeah, yes. we definitely can. Speaking yeah. of coalition, are you guys doing anything March twentieth? Uh, uh, I have to I check. Know. I don't. Yeah, Lola is the so. boss of all the things that I'm doing. Florida, <laughs> Florida Carry, they're doing their uh, rally. Uh, in Ocala on March 20th. Oh, really? Oh, that's not far from me. That's a Saturday, too. That's good, yeah. Okay, yeah, you need to email Lola about that. Eric Pratt will be speaking. Okay. I will be there, too. So, of course, GOA will be there. We're supporting Florida Carry on this. It's Florida Carry's event. Mm -hmm. But we're supporting them, and I want to give them a good shout-out on this, and I'd love to see you guys there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, make sure you send something to Lola. Telling Definitely. her about that, that it's going to and like it's going to be in Ocala and everything. So as long as I'm here, I'll, I'll go up there and do it. Yep. Yeah. As long as there's not something already on the docket for me, because I'm tr- I'm setting up a whole bunch of things now because, uh, you know, uh, jump in head first without looking into the van life, <laughs> which is going to be so funny and amusing. You're living you're living <laughs> by the river in a van. Yeah, man, I know. You, you you used to be that dude that would come knocking like, "Yeah, what are you doing here?" <laughs> right? I, I, you, I you've you've knocked you've knocked on yeah. <laughs> Lewis has knocked on some vans down by the river in his time. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> See, he's laughing. <laughs> um, oh, trust me. I, I've been I've been on the I've been on the other side of the knock before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the police stories I could tell, but that's for another time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So listen, um, we're we're hitting up against the nine o'clock hour here, Lewis. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off here with you. Tell the folks how they can get in touch with you one more time if you can, or what are the best places or ways that the folks out there can support you? The best way that you guys could support is go to gunowners.org slash join. Join GOA. Join our email list. I will keep you up to date in that, and through that, you could also contact me. As a GOA member, I respond. If If you're a member, shoot me an email. I'll shoot back. If you want... Call us. I try to call back. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for you guys. I'm not just here for myself. I'm here because I was vested by the membership to be the membership's voice in Tallahassee. And I'm keeping that oath. Okay. And so, that event in Ocala, what's the best way for folks to find out about that? That is going to be on Florida Carry. I will shoot you that information. That's Florida Carry's event. So the best thing to do is just go to Florida Carry's website. Um, and look for their March 20th event. Yeah, maybe we'll just get someone to come on here and talk about it and stuff like that. I'll, ta- I'll talk to Florida Carry and mm-hmm. make sure and let them know that you want someone on their show. Okay. I, I awesome. mean on your show. Right, absolutely. Brink says thanks for coming on, uh, GOA. Okay, so let's go back to Rolando. Rolando, uh, give everyone the rundown, how they can support you. And Latina, locked in, loaded. Yes. And loaded, uh, uh, lo- what is it? Loaded and locked Latinos? Locked, <laughs> locked and loaded Latinos. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I got the link uh, there in the chat. You can check out our channel. Like I said, every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, we go for about two hours. We talk about pretty much similar things that we do here. Gun rights, pop culture, politics, all that good stuff. Uh, we end each episode with a, a bilingual section on our Constitution. So we've been going through all of the amendments. We just finished the 23rd Amendment, so we started with it in English, mm-hmm. have a little bit of discussion on the history, and uh, Joe reads it in Spanish. 
and you can catch us out on all the socials at Locked Loaded Latinos. Right now, we're really focusing on pretty much mines and gabs since Parlor got taken out. And uh, IG is where we started, so we'll stay there until they boot us out if they ever do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, have you guys ever done a whole episode in uh, in Spanish? No, we haven't done that. I would not be able to survive. Oh, you can't. You can't. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, no, Yeah, he says you're Puerto Rican, but you can't talk, speak Spanish. I, I can, but uh, you see, it was I one can, of those I things. My dad, was in, uh, my dad was in the military, so we mm-hmm. moved when I was four, mm-hmm. and he was born in New York. My mom was pure Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. so she knew no English, and. English is the universal language for the entire world. Mm-hmm. So if you I'm want to survive, pulling, pulling your leg. Sorry. I went through the same deal. Yeah. I, but, uh, I spoke fluently until I started elementary yeah. school. Yeah, had, that's how it is. So I can have conversations, but if mm-hmm. I start talking about guns or technical, like I'm in IT, I can't, I can't go above like a fourth grade conversation <laughs> with vocabulary. But Joe, Joe's need, much more articulate. You don't need to go beyond that far. It's all right. It's Listen, usually good dude. enough, but then I listen to myself in English. I'm like, man, this dude sounds great. He can articulate anything. <laughs> in Spanish, it's like, oh man, it's like a child speaking. Yeah. <laughs> so I just got to work on it more. Yeah. You just have, yeah. Listen, I learned I learned how to hear Spanish to to some extent just from uh, dating a lot of Spanish chicks, and and having <laughs> their parents or whoever grandparents talk bad about me. Or you know those you know those uh, in in lots of different uh, Latin cultures, the grandparents who could speak English but refuse to. Oh, yep. yes. <laughs> I, I might have had grandparents like Oh, that. yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And, and I can tell you this. My, my wife, uh, God bless her, mm-hmm. she is 100% Puerto Rican, and she always looks down at me and says, your Spanish is horrible. Oh, my God. Are Puerto Ricans <laughs> telling you that? That's terrible. Yeah. Puerto Ricans yeah, oh can't, can't get away with saying that to one another. We need yeah, to be you know solidarity with our but, Spanish. But, hey, hey, she's fantastic, and she's the boss. Yeah, that's and, it. Well, and I know arguing that yeah exactly he, he knows where his bread <laughs> is buttered okay listen so far as us i want to uh, do a big shout out to franklin armory thanks to them uh for supporting us here as well as i want to remind you guys i'm reminding you now there will be no shows probably for the rest of this week because i'm going out to texas uh and i'll be out there i'll try to do some stuff from out there if you guys are looking i don't know i'll try to do some live stuff and all that but i will be going out to the gundies to see what's going on there what's up with that and i will i'll bring some of that back to you guys if you uh look out for it uh we've we've got tons of episodes here where this is like 705 so there's bound to be episodes that you guys haven't seen i hope you you all look at that there will be stuff going up on youtube slash hank strange the main channel as well as you could you're going to find some content over on stranger palooza if anyone wants to know about the whole van life thing that i'm getting into it's over on stranger palooza go over there subscribe to me and all that there'll be a lot of stuff going up there and uh, all your questions will be answered (laughs) why are you shaking your head lois why I have a feeling that there's going to be a bolo call on you for a suspicious vehicle. It's going to be like, I, I can see. It's not as bad late. as you think. There's this weird guy with a beard and a fan. No, it's not as bad as you think. It looks, it's the same kind of, it's a Ford Transit. It's the same kind of van that um, that uh, Amazon Prime is using. Oh, so it's now you're going to make some poor guy think that the CIA is actually yeah. parked outside. Oh, yeah, that's house better. That's way better. That's way <laughs> Thanks. better. Yeah, <laughs> that's way better. But OK, so listen, um, stay, everyone stay right there. I'm going to run in the end of the show right now. 
There we go. All right, guys, make sure you subscribe here to the channel. Smash those thumbs ups. Ring the bell, of course. Leave your comments. Uh, we appreciate the comments here. As well as we're going to rip out the audio from this and throw it up on iTunes and all the places that you listen to your audio podcast from people listening to us around the world. I think we're approaching 150,000 downloads of the podcast. Nice. We're really close. We're like really, really, really close to that. So that's awesome. Uh, definitely picking up on that side of it. I want to thank uh, Rolando Puerto Rican Pistolero for coming on the show, as well as Luis Valdez of GOA Florida. Um, you know, I hope to see GOA uh, opening up in lots of other places out there, but some of you folks out there need to step up for that and uh, help to do that, as well as, you know, bring lots of other organizations, you know, like Virginia Citizens Defense League kind of a thing to wherever you are. Um, I appreciate all you guys and the support. I'll see you guys out on the road. Peace to everyone. Uh, who wants the last word? Who wants it? Who wants the last word? Go ahead, Lewis. He's, uh, he, this is the first time here. Well, I just want to say thanks for having me on. And again, folks, just if you have any questions, but more importantly, join, go to gunowners.org slash join. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. We appreciate all you guys. We're out. Peace.